This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into hour number one of another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Starting things out by going right to the phone calls. Chris in the U.K. from across the pond. Hello, Chris. You're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hi. Um, it's just basically a call regarding that, obviously, in America, you have a few problems, obviously, that I hear about on your uh, website mm-hmm. and on the Internet. And basically, yeah. it's just the fact that here in the U.K., we have a situation where we have an elected government which hasn't been elected. Can you expand on that? I'm not quite sure what it is you're referring to. Well, it's just basically the fact that obviously in America at the moment you have uh, – obviously people have questions about government and about the how, um, for instance, the war in Iraq may be wrong, may be right. Um, but here in Britain we have a situation where we have um, a prime minister mm. who was replaced by the actual party – and has never actually been elected by the people of the country. Am is, I, is, oh, sorry, Ian. Am I mistaken, Chris, in, in, uh, in checking on this? Because basically the party puts him in once Tony Blair decides that he's going to back out. Then the Labour Party puts in somebody they have a vote themselves. So you have your MPs voting within the party, uh, the Labour Party MPs voting on who they want to replace him. And he is going to have to call for a new election himself. Is that correct? No, he, he, doesn't, he hasn't called an election because he doesn't need to. He's been replaced by the Labour Party, and basically we have uh, a Prime Minister now who is leader of the Labour Party and governs the country, but has never actually been elected by anybody in the United Kingdom. Right. Chris, my my question is, um, can this go on indefinitely, or does the new Prime Minister have to call for an election eventually? He does eventually. Right. We're talking about, um, about two and a half years. Yeah, Because here in the UK, unlike in America where you have set times for the election, a prime minister can have an election at any time he likes wow. within a period of five years. Yeah, it certainly does make it difficult to feel <laughs> like you have any sort of representative government, although the representatives on the Labour side are the ones who have now elected the chief magistrate and the prime minister. It comes down to, yes, it comes down to when you elect somebody... You, they're only accountable those few months when an election comes up. Right. Well, that's how it works um, here. I mean, I yeah, think that so you're, exactly what you're describing is really just a difference. Have, yeah. I think what you're describing is really a difference in degrees more so than anything else. I mean, uh, think about this. Uh, the United States government has been around for, well, less uh, less amount of time than your government has over there. And uh, we've managed to come along in, on the road to tyranny pretty darn quick. I mean, we've, we've really caught up. Uh, you guys are only a, just a few months ahead of us as far as implementing new tools of tyranny to control the population. I mean, we always see that uh, new ideas are coming out of the U.K., like the, their new child database that they have, where every single uh, young person in the entire uh, U.K. will be registered with the government, have a government file that any government bureaucrat uh, or uh, associated person can can edit and and change, and I'm sure it won't be long before that comes over here. So I, I definitely see where you're coming from, and it certainly is disturbing to a point. But I don't know if it's really that much worse than what we've got here. Well, no, probably not. I mean, um, America is a country of extremes, and you tend to go from one extreme to the other. I mean, you could say that we're a more liberal society, maybe because we're older or 
whatever you want to say. But we tend to, for, but saying that, we've gone probably ahead of you in things like uh, CCTV cameras. Mm. Yeah. Mm. They're everywhere. Yeah. You go in, you, uh, you, they're talking about identity cards here. Um, we're obviously tied to the European Union. You have people like uh, France who now have brought in a law which says that every single immigrant that comes into the country um, has a DNA sample. Yeah, the ID card thing is also on the way over here, though you guys have some really good opposition to it there. I think the No to ID group is over in the UK. It's a group of people that has sworn to not accept uh, the new national ID card over there. How's that thing going? Has it? Have they implemented it uh, nationwide, or is it still in the works? It, it, it's still working. I mean, it, it's building up. Right. Um, I mean, let's face it. If someone is going to be a suicide bomber or drive <laughs> a, a truckload of... Um, of explosives into a building. Yeah. If he has an ID card, makes no difference. Yeah, whatsoever. <laughs> right, precisely. <laughs> it, it, it basically, all it does, it, it tracks people and makes the government aware of where people are. You know, Chris, on, on so many fronts in the U.K., you guys did, it's, you know, either the U.K., France, or California will precede all the rest of the Western world, it seems, in, in uh, you know, sort of constricting individual liberties and socializing things. You had the gun control laws uh, that they imposed after a couple uh, really bad incidents with guns, and then you had your violent crime rate shoot up, Then they had those, what are they called, SR-19 uh, police officers now, the old London Bobby, who is unarmed, is... is uh, now, a thing of the past, they have armed police officers in England now. Didn't they give um, them cameras at one point? And, uh, do they still have the cameras, or do they take them away from the cops? Well, do you know what it is? It, 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 the old days, I mean, I, I, I'm 35. Yeah. So I'm not that young, but I'm no spring chicken. But I remember a day when, obviously, to see an armed policeman was so rare, it was unbelievable. Mm, yeah. Nowadays, you go, it's not just the airport's or um, places that the government deems necessary to put uh, armed police on there. You still, you even see occasional armed policemen on the streets. Mm. Uh, Orlando, Florida now apparently has, I believe it's Orlando, I don't have the article right in front of me, but uh, I think it's Orlando that now has armed agents, police agents, with machine guns in their hands patrolling the streets. So they're no longer just in the airports anymore. They're now hitting the streets of America as well. And, and you have situations over here. I mean, obviously, our internal politics, you're probably not as aware as, but we have a situation where we have um, people who are shot, innocent people that are shot, on the assumption that they are carrying a bomb just because they look like and, an Arab. Or yeah, an I remember that. Right, the guy in the that. jacket with the, uh, the, the yeah, headphone wires yeah. coming out or whatever? Yeah. He actually turned out to be Brazilian. Mm. Um, and there are so many situations where, during the operation, people were um, the people who were meant to be watching them went to the toilets or various other things. The guy was actually shot in the tube station. If he'd had a bomb, it, it, he would have detonated it by then anyway, because he'd been on a bus beforehand. Hey, Chris, uh, looking at things here comparably in the United States, uh, in the U.S., the the two major parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, the Republicans were often looked at in the past as being those people who stood against encroaching big government and uh they except they seem to have a problem with uh television and film immorality or, or or marijuana but generally getting the government out of people's lives keeping things local that sort of thing 
And uh, over in England, it, it's it's fascinating because you have the Labour Party, which was supposed to be the bastion for people's uh, individual rights and civil liberties and things like that. Under under Tony Blair, you've seen an incredible increase in encroachments on their civil liberties. Of course, you don't have a written constitution. You got what is it? Yeah. The Magna Carta is stashed under a chair somewhere. And uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah, and. Uh, and then uh, over in the United States, we have the Republican Party as the main driver now in really infringing on people's Fourth Amendment rights against illegal searches and seizures, uh, capturing people, holding them indefinitely. So on both sides, you have these what were formerly seen as those people who defended certain things consistently, the Labor Party over in England holding for people's civil liberties and, and the Republican Party over here holding for smaller government. Uh, that seems to be all washed away in this all been turned the, on its head. Yeah, is that? Do you get that sense as well, Chris? I, I, I get that sense entirely. I mean, I, I, it's um, it's almost um, turning into a situation where to keep the populace in in, in control and everything like that that they, they've created. I mean, I'm not saying it's not there, but they have created the situation in Iraq and Iran and and all these other places where they've gone after the oil. It's so obvious, but they still won't admit it. They've created this mess. And for any nation to keep a populace down and to keep them non-questioning, they create fear. They sure have, and they continue to do it. And you know what, Chris? I really appreciate you checking in tonight, and thank you for the call. Um, 800-259-9231. Kind of sad that we're sitting here sort of going back and forth. Well, our country's more tyrannical than yours is, and here's why. Yeah, I mean, it really is exactly. Yeah, yeah it's really a toss-up at this point because, uh, and it's just, it's only getting worse on both sides of the pond. Chris, hopefully, we'll hear from you again sometime. Thank you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your calls about anything. In fact, Michael Bloomberg, the mayor from New York, was recently touring London. We'll talk about that and anything else. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All kinds of features, and they're all for free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, which has been updated with two brand-new Shriners. You can go and take a look for yourself. Uh, we've got another Lisa. I believe it's our third Lisa on the Shrine. Yeah. And uh, another new Shriner named Pinky. You can yeah. see them at Shrine. I was, I was looking forward to you mentioning that because uh, I got to see those photos, and they're very great photos. We, we nice do, choices, ladies. We do love our lady listeners, and uh, these are yeah. ones that have actually taken the time to send us a, a photo specifically taken to prove they listen to the show. So head over to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com to see what that's all about. Perhaps we have a, should have a, a Shrine of female listeners named Lisa, if we Good enough. <laughs> Trying to believe the, the listeners? Page. Yeah. That'd be great. By the way, your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. As we continue with the phone calls, go to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Yeah, hi, hon. I got a hold of Jim today. Um, Jim? Um, you know, with uh, he's with Ron Paul. And I no, had nope. I'm sure there's a Jim with Ron Paul, though. I mean, well, you he's know, running this... with him. Anyway, um, I had him to check on the Browns. Okay, I said, you need to check something out. I said, I told him what we heard this morning. What did you hear? Uh, that he hasn't shown up in custody yet and that nobody's, you know, seen him for three days. You know, I've heard concerns about that as well. Uh, the Keen Free Press is reporting uh, at KeenFreePress.com on a similar concern, and that is that, you know, once you get arrested by the feds, and 
they're supposed to go to jail for five years, so there's a certain point at which they should show up in the system. They have yet to do that, and the feds That's are claiming him, yeah. right. The feds are claiming that Ed and Elaine Brown, uh, these uh, tax freedom advocates, have been arrested without incident. No one was harmed, and that's that's all well and good. But the only way we're going to know for sure that no one was harmed is once someone can talk to Ed and Elaine Brown yeah. and find out. 100% that that's the case. So far, no one has been able to speak with or even find out where Ed and yeah. Elaine Brown are currently yeah. being held. Well, we heard that Elaine was in Danbury. It's all just speculation, yeah. I, from what I can tell at this point. But I, I will tell you this. Uh, the best place to get the, the news on this is online at nhfree.com. In the forums there, there's a very, very lengthy thread about the Edna Lane Brown situation. Thanks for bringing that up, Paula. Well, there's some Pre- other uh, important, mm-hmm. too. They just had on the TV last night, the bird flu is here. And yeah, that doesn't scare me in the least. It's not as bad as it originally was. Okay? Uh, mm. The what isn't bad? I'm the sorry, what? It was here. It was on the Science Channel last night. Uh-huh. And they said, it's, uh, but we've already had it. Our neighbors had it. Friends of ours had it. My son had it. It's not. It mutated, so it's not quite as bad as it originally was. Great. Not, not anyway. that I was scared in the first place, and mm. I'm certainly not scared now. Paula, thanks for the call. Okay. 800-259-9231. It's good to see we're all going to survive the bird flu scare. <laughs> yeah, we used to uh, we used to play surf and bird every time they'd have one of these bird flu scares. ABC News for like a week. Remember when they did that TV movie, the bird flu? Uh, you know, Road to Armageddon or whatever it is. Bird I don't flu. watch TV. They don't eat at McDonald's. They, I don't know what they, they were they, they put it. up a little picture with uh, America actually on fire. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's like Charlton Heston's out there like you maniacs, you bird flu maniacs, you blew it up. And the statues there with a the chicken head is awful. You know, huge but, uh, gaping holes with. <laughs> metros used to be yeah exactly it's just world destruction but uh, uh you, you don't think that tv news has actually jumped the shark oh, do you? oh i'm telling you yeah <laughs> I, uh, yeah not only jumping the shark but they they jumped a whole whole bigger enchilada a long time ago man unbelievable i don't know what to say about the bird flu i, I, bird flu, I didn't really ever pay much attention well, you know, to it in the first the thing place that gets and... me about that ian is is the whole thing with the bird flu is they saying, well, government can protect you. It was always government can protect you. And they, no. would, they gin up all these numbers about, and already in Southeast Asia and certain areas of Asia, the bird flu is responsible for the deaths of X number of chickens, dogs, and cats. What they don't tell you is that those deaths came from government orders and decrees to kill to chickens, dogs, and cats. The number of, you know, they get like one case and then. 50,000 cats had to be killed within a 25-square-mile right. area, you know? How many humans died from the bird flu? That's what I want to know. They they haven't even been able to uh, hammer any of that down. There were a couple guys in India who were playing with uh, chicken heads inside their, their place, and they well, caught Well, I do that every flu. weekend, you know, so yeah. I should really be concerned. Yeah, uh, it's just amazing. <laughs> and it is it is incredible, too, how it, this this is actually an interesting sort of commentary on the centralization the, the, the method of centralization that we have to fight here, fighting for liberty, because when you see these stories, the central authority is always very easy to go to for mm-hmm. the, the news reporters. They go to this guy, it makes it an easy report, boom, they don't have to do much more research, and of course, right, he's an expert. Cycles, yeah, and it's a recursive loop, it's a feedback loop, because those guys get more power and more attention, the American public turns to them, and they become the authority. The authority becomes a greater authority because the media finds it easier to go to them. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to see whether uh, the government's ever played any kind of role in stopping a disease. I mean, obviously, <laughs> the Rotary Club um, has done a great job against oh, polio. Yeah. Um, an, an incredible 
private organization has managed to uh, vaccinate, inoculate, or whatever people against polio. But what has what have governments really managed to do? I mean, I know they have the public schools require uh, you to inoculate your kid, which it probably stops the spread of disease of, of the diseases, you know, the mumps, the whooping cough, all that other stuff. But at the same Businesses time, businesses could require that too if yeah. they wanted to. And you know, well, a, but at the same time, people die from those shots. That's and, right. And kids, you got very sick. The the um, well, not from those particular shots, but yeah, I you, did. Get, you took the fr- the flu shot though. The flu shot and I've, twice. The you know, and, and that's totally a government thing. S- some kids die from it. Autism's way up. We don't know. You know what's interesting about that is the the um, there's a there's a lesson to be learned for for libertarians or people who believe in individual liberty there because if you look at the arguments that they make about the flu shots and this comes directly from government getting involved specifically the Clinton administration where they basically formulated regulations under the uh, the EPA and the, uh, the other other uh, organizations the uh, World Health Organization things like that where they worked with they would only allow a certain handful of companies to be licensed licensed by the government to create flu vaccine. And then they come out and tell us, well, we had to do that because after they have all these screw-ups with the tainted vaccine coming out of Ireland, and then they don't have enough one year, and they have too much another year, and mm-hmm. it's stockpiled, and they've wasted money. Wait a minute. You mean market governments can't calculate they can't, Amazingly, they have levels? no Yeah, they have no incentive, huh. no feedback, price mechanism. And the, the amazing thing about it is they say, well, we have to do it because the market couldn't do it. It would be too slow by the time they found out what it was. I'm like, what are you talking about? You ever heard of insurance companies? Yeah. Insane. You know, uh, the word that I remember the most from the whole bird flu thing was yeah. the word pandemic. Oh, <laughs> this is a, could be a pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about that just a moment ago, and I thought, pandemic, what is a good example of a pandemic? And I thought, well, let's see, d- def- dictionary definition, it's uh, an adjective here. Pandemic mm-hmm. describes prevalent throughout an entire country, continent, or the whole world. Epidemic over a large area. And I would have to say that Really, government is a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) If there's something out there that is prevalent throughout the entire world that we need to be frightened of and uh, constantly keep watch of... It's government, not Where's the, the inoculation flu? against government. Can we get yeah. a shot? Is there anything? Oh, wouldn't that be great? You know, and it's a, it's a credit to your show, you guys. <laughs> you think about this, just one comment from somebody about bird flu, and all of a sudden you guys are talking about this thing and investigating it, thinking about it. Well done. Really, really good. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Are you scared of the bird flu? I doubt it, but I figured I'd ask a question. Maybe there is someone out there that's like that. 800-259-9231. What do you have to do to get ready? Do you duct tape the windows? That sort of thing? (laughs) This This is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online. Freetalklive.com. The place to go. The features for free. We've got archives. An entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. And if you've got questions about the liquidity crisis, the China option, or the Fed chairman's unenviable choice between hyperinflation or deflationary implosion followed by more hyperinflation visit d2z.org or contact troy at d2z 
org. As we go to the phones, to the amplifier line, and we talk to Sam in Texas. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and, Ma- and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on hey. your mind? All right, so Eric in uh, Michigan made two points in recent calls, the first being that government provides a shared benefit to society, like roads, so people are obligated to pay taxes or leave. The second point I heard was the obligation to work within the current system to uh, change it. So I have a rebuttal, mm-hmm. and uh, because Paul Markey gets left out, and, you know, mm-hmm. not getting questions from Eric, I'll ask him a couple questions. Mm-hmm. All right, so Mark, how many towns in America with a population over 100,000 people have no grocery stores? None. Okay, so do the grocery stores and other businesses around me provide a benefit to the community while attracting other people by providing their goods and services, thereby increasing my property value, raising my quality of life, and expanding the options available to me? Yes. Okay. So by Eric's logic, the businesses in my local area, which I didn't shop at enough or even at all during the year, should be allowed to send me a bill for the greater good they provided to the community and to my property value. Beautiful. Mm. Now, further, if I don't pay the bill, they should have recourse that leads to a group of armed men stealing my property to collect their money. What is so different about government-provided services that precludes the free market from solving the same issue? One crying foul at another for not paying his fair share is, is akin to the thief crying foul at his intended victim for resisting. No yes, matter what one intends to spend my money on, theft is never justified. Well said, yeah. So what about the uh, the geographical, I mean, you're, you're suggesting that, um, what about the, what about his point about the geographical area being, you know, you have to leave if you don't want to, if you don't like the deal. Like, you agreed to this deal by living here. That's what he insists. Well, okay, let me go, get into the, the second point, and I think that kind of points at the legitimacy underlying government to begin with. Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, um, there's a video I watched, uh, and I highly recommend it. It's called Waco, the Rules of Engagement. Yeah. It's on Google Video. Yeah. Uh, I always believed the Waco incident was a group of uh, religious fanatics who shot some cops, forced a standoff, and then committed suicide by burning down their building. Um, <laughs> after watching the congressional testimony, infrared aerial footage of the raid, audio recordings, it's clear that the truth wasn't reported. The government pumped the building with CS tear gas mixed with methylene chloride, creating a highly flammable aerosol. They punched holes in the building to let high winds spread the aerosol. And then they launched tear gas grenades at two opposite corners, uh, igniting the fires while placing two men with machine guns on the backside, obscured from the media's view, to open fire on anyone fleeing the safe room. To suggest that I am obligated to submit in subservience to a system of governance willing to gas men, women, and children burn them alive, and shoot anyone who tries to escape is simply inconceivable. And to suggest, as Eric did, that I am morally obligated to work within a system, private or otherwise, that harasses, spies upon, intimidates, threatens, arrests, jails, and physically harms those who speak in opposition, <clears throat> sorry, allergies, uh, those who speak in opposition to it is equally ludicrous. A system based in, founded upon, based in and founded upon the threat of violence and the initiation of force, lacks the integrity to enumerate its accomplishments and contributions to society. To do so is analogous to praising the work of Nazi doctors who performed involuntary torture and medical experimentation on the Jews during the Holocaust. I look forward to Eric's response. Yeah, should the Jews have worked within the system? Oh, I don't think so, but apparently Eric does. (laughs) Well, no, Eric Eric did uh, say that there was a right to revolution. 
Which well, of course, right, he com- contradicted himself right, right Which, of course, you know, throws a lot of what he has to say into, uh, you know, turmoil. Right. First he said we he have says, to work in the system. Then he said there's a right to revolution. Right. You're obligated to work within the system, and then there's a right to revolution. I guess Eric so gets to be the consistent. one who decides. Maybe he's the one who should decide when it's time for that revolution. Maybe he's the, the, I, the decider on that one. I don't know. I'm, I'd be interested in what he has to say about it. Well, those are both great statements, and you know the uh, yeah, the thing about Waco is is just right on the money. And someone might say, "Well, you know, it depends who's in charge." And you say, "No, no you see, doesn't. the thing is, Not mechanistically, exactly. Once you establish government, then that threat is always going to be there." It, the problem is the power. That's what the problem is. The problem is that there is a group of people out there calling themselves government that, that are doing business and offering their services and products at the point of a gun. That's what the problem has always been, and that's what needs to be remedied, whether it's through the system or whether it's through some sort of civil disobedience or just withdrawal from the system or, compi- or creating some sort of competing system like a oh, competing yeah. uh, protection agencies in the marketplace. I would I would I'm still I want to make it very public that I have money that I'm willing to spend on hiring a government protection service. If someone is to come to New Hampshire and create a government protection service, I will be one of their first customers. To protect you from government. From government. Mm. Wouldn't you pay for an insurance policy like that? Like, you know, you pay X amount of dollars a year, and if the government messes with you, then this agency comes to your, you know, comes to your defense, comes to your oh, rescue. Yeah. And, you know, you know in, in, in what you just read over the air, by the way, i got to tell you, when you brought up Waco, mm-hmm. uh, Ian, you're right on the money. You, you think about government protection services in so many instances. Don't forget what Janet Reno did shortly thereafter. Janet Reno came out, she admitted, she said, I'll take the blame for this, right? So she says she took the blame for the fiery deaths of these 76 people. And then shortly thereafter, she comes out with with an antitrust lawsuit against Microsoft because they're too dominant and they want to bundle their, their particular things in with some of their other programs. And she says, that's not only anti-American, it's immoral. This is the woman who is responsible for killing 76 people in a church. You know? It's sick. It is. And that's funny, too, how they can just say, well, I, I take responsibility for that. Oh, great. Yeah, great. Oh, you still have your job. Yeah. Have you, fun. You didn't go to jail for a day. Oh, and right. by the way, guys, I don't know if you heard this, and I, I don't know if anybody in the audience has heard this, but Janet Reno and I have a new, a new CD collection really? of American music, and I wonder whether or not any of that was the screeches of rabbits or these boots were made for walking that they blasted 24 <laughs> hours a day with the Klieg likes on out in Amazing. Waco. Sam, did you have any other comments? Because that was brilliant, man. One quick thing. Um, The reason I like the Nelson Mandela book uh, so much is that it really illustrates that second point. Uh, The government made rules forbidding him to gather in groups of more than three, uh, assemble uh, in a large crowd, talk to any large groups. So he had all of these hoops that he had to jump through, and eventually it led him to form a resistance, and uh, it led to violence. So... To suggest that we need to work within that system to change it, I think, is has been proven not to work. Well, I don't know if it's been completely proven not to work. Uh, there are still people that are working on it here in New Hampshire, and they're having some degree of success. So I don't know if we should totally throw in that towel yet, and I don't know if what you're saying there is advocating violent revolution. What would you advocate in the absence of, if we can indeed determine the system doesn't work, what would you advocate that would be a nonviolent solution? I think it's it's really just a matter of getting a critical mass, and that's mm-hmm. probably that was a good point, Ian. That's probably what we're doing differently in New Hampshire than all of the other revolutions out there have done, is we're getting that critical mass and working both sides of the candle, kind of mm-hmm. so to speak. 
Yeah. Do you think that a bunch of refuseniks could really throw a wrench into the system? I mean, if, for instance, if you look at uh, Ed and Elaine Brown refusing to come out, refusing to turn themselves over to the feds, it took the feds 10 months, I believe, to actually bring them to justice, to, you know, to actually capture them. That two two sticks in the mud was that much difficulty for the federal government. What would 20 or 200 or 2,000 similar uh, activists doing similar things, refusing to participate publicly, openly refusing to participate with this federal government, what sort of an effect would that have? And look at Gandhi. He's a 90-pound man in a towel who stood up in front of the British Empire and said, you're going to leave <laughs> because we're not going to cooperate with you, and you can't handle 100 million Indians not cooperating with the British government. Right. Right and now, we happens. only have a handful of people like this. We've only got uh, uh, Russell Canning and his wife, Kat, and uh, Lauren Canario, who's currently sitting in a jail cell because she thought she had the freedom to travel from one point to another. Uh, of course, we'll, uh, we'll obviously talk to Lauren as soon as she gets out, hopefully that's sooner rather than later, because they don't seem to like to deal with refuseniks. They don't seem to like to, to have them in the system. They're a pain in the butt. I don't think Lauren thought that she had the freedom. I think she just acted like she had the freedom. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you go and AMP. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, become a Free Talk Live amplifier, as have done hundreds of our listeners. And the, it's a simple concept. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is we would like your help at getting on more radio stations across the country and spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. And you can do it for as little as 3 bucks a month. And I remember... Unlike those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you for their websites, we give you the website for free up front. So this is us asking you on the back end saying, hey, if you've enjoyed your experience, if you like what we're, what we're doing, just send a few bucks our way. And you can do it easily via uh, any major credit card, PayPal, and a few other options, all at amp.freetalklive.com. The fact is, it's making a difference. It works. Uh, the, because we have the AMP program is why we're on as many stations as we are today and why that station count continues to grow uh, in talks with a station about Possibly coming on five nights a week, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, well, the, the exciting part for me is there's always a station we're looking to get it, um, getting on, and it's it's like in the works now. That didn't it, it didn't used to be that way. I I remember when we were on two stations, nationally syndicated. It was on famine for a while. Two for sure. stations, and you know we worked at it. Well, and, they're not beating down our door yet, Mark. But uh, nonetheless, it, it, the consistent advertising that we can do because of the amp dollars is making us uh, making this a reality. And what's so. great is it's some of the richest, mo- most intellectual, and I think fairest conversation you can get on the radio. You know, you put callers right up front, you listen to what they have to say, and you go back and forth, and you really start digging into things. You know, a lot of talk shows are just spouting off talking points, or they're just, you know, saying something to get someone angry. You know, a lot of people say, generate calls, say this, generate right. calls. Like, well, the things I say can get people angry, but I really believe but you, them. You, yeah. yeah, you're thinking about these things. You I love the program director down in West Palm that thought that you were just making that crap up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have any idea. <laughs> 800-259-9231. So, uh, once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phone uh, phones here and talk to Brad in New Hampshire. Brad, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. What's on your How mind? How are you doing? Good. Well... I don't know how it started, but for some reason, there's a big movement to get Mark to take his shirt off. That that much is true. <laughs> that, that on the well, show, you mean while the, the camera's on on the show? 
Well, people people want to see him with his shirt off, and you know it started long before I was a listener. But you know, I've been hearing it and I've been reading about it on your BBS, and I figured that you know maybe I could turn it into something productive. So okay. I st- I started a thread about um, if Mark would take his shirt off if a thousand dollars were raised to uh, to give to Free Talk Live to make a donation to the Ron Paul campaign in the uh, you know in Free Talk Live's name, hmm. and um, Mark agreed to it. I, I did. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, how do, you do I, that? No. Nice. How did I do that? No. Or but what? how do you how do you raise the money? What do you use like a chip in or something? I, or I don't well, know. Th- th- look, no one asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm keeping I'm keeping a list, and right now we have 150 dollars. Um, we have three people, uh, including myself, who are going to give 50 dollars, and uh, wow. if we could get 17 more people to donate 50 dollars. Uh, you know, um, all the people who uh, have a strong desire to see Mark take his shirt off. I can't say I'm one of them, but. Uh, you know, well, uh, it would have to be ha- now. You can't. We can't do it on the the webcam because it's too fleeting. We'd well, have we to do an actual photo and post it up somewhere permanently for people. Or a YouTube at. video where everybody people, could people, come. People, you know. Oh, I think people want to probably see a photo where they can see all like the moles and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Something awful. Well, anyway, anyway, Mark, it's a noble thing. A noble thing you're doing, um, sacrificing some skin for uh, for Ron Paul. Well, and, I have to you say know, that's a creative idea. I was thinking idea. about it uh, just just as you were talking there. We could do my PayPal account. Sure. I mean, that that you know, if people donated to um, to that location, and then you know, we could do that. Because you just you aren't getting a lot of money coming in, so you'd be able to. to I don't track have any money coming in PayPal. What's coming in? You'd no. be able to know I for sure. I think you're gonna put that you're gonna put that Ron Paul girl to shame on YouTube, and um, I don't know about that. I think I, not. I wouldn't oh, get my on. hopes up on that one. But no, I think it's a brilliant idea, and I'm really glad you thought of it, Brad. Um, I don't know though, Mark, if you want to do. I don't know if you want to structure it where you take people just sending you money to PayPal. I think what you might want to do is get the pledges first and then have people come through. I don't know. That way you don't have that's to refund a bunch thinking. of money if you don't make it. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep the list, and once everyone, uh, once everyone uh, agrees to it and we get up to 1000 bucks, then um, you know, sort of on the honor system we'll have people send the money to Mark, and then um, the show can send to the campaign, and then all those people who uh, – you know, who've been demanding uh, seeing some skin will uh, will feel satisfied. <laughs> well, Maybe they'll they be satiated. Any- but if you know, I mean, if you know porno freaks, they'll be satiated <laughs> for only a mo- a, mo- a moment, and then right? they're going to move this on. Then they porno. want more. Then, then they'll gonna- be asking him to take something else off. It's going to well, be sick. Exactly. It's fu- it's funny you say that because if uh, if people uh, go on the BBS and read the thread, they're already getting a little greedy, um, <laughs> and they're they're asking for more already. But I full think frontal. You we know they're gonna the, they're gonna no. start putting Mark's head on you know like Fabio's body. It's gonna be it's <laughs> no one will be fooled by that. <laughs> we need to take you know like the movie What About Bob. We need to take baby steps here, and we need to slowly work into it. Um, but it would be great if uh, you know if uh, we could get a thousand dollars together because that'd be a great donation from Free Talk Live to the Ron Paul campaign, and um, you know it could do some good. Can That's you imagine? Awesome. Can you imagine the reports on the pop media like the Ron Paul campaign once more hit their fourth quarter beyond compare, and it seems to have been driven by this weird promotion, the well, Take Mark Shirt Off promotion, raised well, five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, likely. <laughs> at this, at a thousand dollars, we're going to be. We're, I'm, you know, I'm going to shot my my load, at, my wad at that point or whatever, and it's going to be up to you guys. Well, maybe the, we could the, have a campaign, the bear. keep your shirt on campaign, and whichever raises more. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not sure about that. But hey, you know what? Um, in a different, completely different uh, topic here, Brad. Since I've got you on the phone, you're somebody who sure. uh, who has quite a bit of criminal justice experience. 
Um, and uh, we were just talking about the refuseniks, like uh, Ed and Elaine Brown, that uh, did not want to leave their home to go to uh, report to jail for the feds. Uh, the Lauren Canarios or Russell Cannings that don't really like to cooperate. Now, Russell Canning, he moves from place to place when the police ask him to, because he understands that he's a guy, the chances are higher that he's going to get his head cracked in uh, if he doesn't do what they say. But Lauren Canario completely goes limp. She, uh, police officers have to carry her from one point to another. She doesn't assist the police in doing anything anything at all um how how do you feel that uh, some of the your, your compatriots in the criminal justice field would feel if they were presented with a uh, a prisoner like that someone that actually made them have to work would that would that upset well, them well you know what i would do is um you know and i i've met lauren in fact i uh, i i um i saw her at murphy's tap from last tuesday uh, mm. before she got arrested when i was having dinner um what I would say to someone who who is acting like that is, I would say, listen, you know, I, I certainly respect your um, your opinions, um, your your thoughts on the system, but you can do so much more good on the outside than on the inside. And um, you know, I I would view it as simply being annoying, you know, and to to have to carry somebody around. I mean, I would do everything I can to try to talk them into cooperating. I, I understand that 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 Lauren uh, is making a point um, when it comes to Ed Brown. Um, I think the things that he's been saying, I mean, he is probably the worst thing that could happen to the liberty movement because, unfortunately, a lot of people are are comparing him to the Free State Project, and mm. um, the Free State Project has absolutely nothing to do with advocating any violence. It's a bunch of peaceful people who want, you know, want to want to change government um, for the better. And um, for Ed Brown to be making all these threats to public officials is just terrible. Well, I've heard that he made threats, but I've never actually heard the threats. It's just the sort of the reporting about Ed Brown suggested that he was making threats. I don't know. Oh, if I've, he... I've heard him make threats. I, I was listening to uh, to the uh, just just for for my own amusement. I was listening to their podcast, and mm-hmm. some of the things he said were just were just terrible. I mean, they they were encouraging people to to come to their house with weapons, no doubt to. Uh, you know, to have a standoff with uh, with law enforcement, and that's just uh, it doesn't accomplish anything. You know, you've you've talked about it before. If you if you use force against the government, it's just gonna it's just gonna make things even worse. And that's just you know, someone someone like Lauren, who's uh, you know, she's a very nice lady, and she uh, she doesn't want to hurt anybody. You know, that's that goes you know leaps and bounds uh, more to uh, to make a point than to threaten violence against someone. I guess my question, I, in, in regards to Ed Brown, I'll take your word for it. From what I understood, he was just simply saying that, well, if you come and attack me, then I will do this. Um, it wasn't necessarily a, an overt threat. But uh, nonetheless, with Lauren Canario, I mean, whether or not you, you agree or disagree with her methods, what if there were 20 Lauren Canarios in, uh, in one of the jails? I mean, would that, be, would that be a burden on the system or what? Well, I, I, I don't think so, really. I mean, if someone just wants to sit there and be quiet, I mean, it's, it's sort of at their own peril. Um, you know, if someone goes into court and refuses to talk to the judge and, you know, they do it under the guise of, the, you know, their Fifth Amendment right, there's, there's a difference between talking about what it is you're accused of doing and giving your name. I mean, you have to give your name. It's, it's, it's part of the process. She, d- someone, she doesn't do that. You know, I, I, you know, I understand that. And, um, you know, I, I just, my personal opinion, 
is that, you know, people who are involved in activism can do so much more on the outside than... I, I know there are a lot of activists that agree with you. Uh, that, like and, me. Um, and then there are people that don't. And it just seems to me that uh, that Lauren is such a burden that her non-cooperation appears to get her out sooner rather than later. That just seems to be my observation from the outside. And Brad, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, as okay. always. 800-259-9231. She doesn't give her name. She doesn't sign any of their paperwork. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Then again, freetalklive.com. Now, I said we were going to talk about Michael Bloomberg. He is the mayor of New York City, as you may be aware, and he has a message for New Yorkers that don't like surveillance cameras. This according to the New York Daily News. The message is... It's just ridiculous, people who object to using technology, the mayor said, adding that he had not talked with anyone in London who wasn't thrilled at the presence of security Mm. cameras in their capital. Can you imagine that? No one in London. Everyone in the United Kingdom is just... They're just excited about having all these cameras everywhere. Bloomberg. The daily. Oh, well, maybe maybe there's a bit of I don't know confirmation bias going on there in that. Uh, maybe he only spoke to police officers yeah. and members of parliament. Probably likely to talk to people that are in love with government rather than those that uh, don't like it. Because he is a government guy. The Daily News reported yesterday that a camera in lower Manhattan has been secretly recording license plates and a test of the planned Ring of Steel surveillance system. I mean, just that alone right there should throw up a red flag for people. Yeah, they're calling it the Ring of Steel. Yeah, that's that's some dangerous stuff. Sounds sort of like the Iron Curtain. It does. That's exactly what I thought of the first time I saw, uh, saw that. The plates are compared against a database so the NYPD can immediately know when a suspicious car or truck is in the area. London has such a system in place in its financial district. Bloomberg, appearing with London Mayor Ken Livingstone at a news conference, said New Yorkers are very naive if they don't realize they're already being watched. He said, we're under surveillance all the time, pointing out that cops grab video from private closed-circuit cameras when crimes are committed. So he's using private property cameras as justification for the government cameras. You know, Ian, i got to say just real quick, I think we're reaching a point where we're crossing over the threshold into... The nature of government is going to create such a, such a weight for itself and its own burden in trying to provide that which people think it should provide, supposedly security, that it, it itself will become a danger to security, uh, wherein it will be so expensive and it will be so time-consuming and costly uh, regarding man hours and money to monitor all the different things for security we rely on government mm-hmm. to do that we have just gone in such the wrong direction over centuries in the United States, away from private security, away from uh, you know market forces taking care of things, that it itself is becoming its own Achilles heel, and, and it will uh, collapse under its own weight of assuming the security uh, responsibility. And this hope- is what or- Orwell warned us about. Yeah. Right, and Mark was saying over the weekend that, speaking of the collapse, uh, Mark was talking about that, how we might actually be seeing the uh, the end of the days as far as the empire is concerned, as, as far as the, the American empire. Are we towards the very end? 
I mean, it still may be decades that before it's well, all over and I, done I, with. I, what, what I was the point I was trying to make on that is um, that it, it, the American Republic, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, you know, Rome. You know, the Republic died, and the yeah. the, the rule of the and Caesars Rome continued um, you know, in a way it, it, oh, right. quite, quite some time exactly. after that. So it was essentially a tyrannical, despotic, uh, you know, government at that point. So but, is the Republic dead at this point? Would you say? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I almost. I, it's up to a historian to decide at right. what point. The Free State Project will be a good test, I think. Uh, Ron Paul's a good test. Yeah, right. Ron Paul's a good test, and I think specifically the the concept of federalism. And uh, semi-autonomous states being able to do something about what they want to do, you know, sort of pulling myself away from bases in Rammstein and, you know, Puerto Rico and all these other places where the United States has uh, soldiers out there. But looking at, at the republic itself here in in the United States itself on, on the North American continent and Hawaii and Alaska, uh, we're saying, you know, I think it'll be an interesting test. We're really close to the edge right now. Right, and people are states. Uh, people in different states are talking about secession right now, and it's getting news coverage, like as something seri- that seriously could happen. I don't know how far along they are, but they're talking about it, and news is talking about it, which means people are gonna. Uh, the idea is going to spread, and people and, and, will consider it as a as an option. You know, Ian, I was I was talking to you guys off the air about how you know this weekend I'm really really pleased because I'm going to be going to an anime convention with my niece, and it's going to be cool, and it's local, and it's going to be fun. And you, you think about that spirit that gets people together when they enjoy something together in an entertaining way, that sort of thing. And then you think about the spirit that gets people together who might have slightly similar interest in, in entertainment but have real common interest in freedom and liberty. And you think about those people coming to New Hampshire. I'm thinking about your, your uh, Shrine of Female listeners. You know, If there isn't a, a, a libertarian guy or a liberty-minded guy who doesn't look at that page and say, yeah, all right – Come to New Hampshire, please. Let's do it soon. Get over here and let's start getting people mixing together. Well, That's I don't know that all, common... the, all the Shriners are exactly New Hampshireites. But... No, but but you know what I mean. A number, it's, of, the, it's a that... number of them are New Hampshire bound. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, and, and that it's that sense of shared shared principle and, and a, a bonding that you find with people with similar principles that uh, it seems so rare nowadays to be able to find people who really do believe in freedom. It's, 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 uh, it's an anime convention times ten. Yeah. You know, It's so much better, and I think New Hampshire will be a place where people who are really searching and desperate to find other people who have those real strong principles they can respect, they'll, they'll be coming here. They'll I think be, you're right. They'll be going to your website, they'll be talking to friends and, and getting here. And I think you can get a taste of what that'll be like if you attend the next Liberty Forum, which is coming up in January, yeah. early January. The details are all at the Free State Project website at freestateproject.org. One of the other reasons to come to New Hampshire is we don't have cameras watching your every single move. Uh, but let's continue with some justifications by uh, by Mayor Bloomberg mm. for a more security state, uh, more cameras, government cameras watching you, more government agents on the streets. He says, we're under surveillance all all the time. As far as privacy concerns, he says, you already get you you've already given that away when you buy a car and register it and put a license plate on the back, which is basically putting your name on the back of the car. Of course, he's right, of course, but what's interesting is that here's the government using government control, using already existing government control methods as an excuse to say, For well, additional. You, you've already given away all your privacy. Now we're just taking a little <laughs> bit more. What's the big deal? Obviously, you don't care about privacy. You let us license your cars and put numbers on your cars. <laughs> I mean, we own you there. Now we're just going to own the roads, and then yeah. we're going to own the inside of your house. Hey, what do you care anyway, huh? If you cared, you would have stopped us at the license plates, but you didn't. 
Well, now, he didn't say that part, but it's true. If yeah. people were really concerned about this, they would have said no to, to uh, government licensing and registration. Don't want to be tangential too much again, Ian, because I know you've got some more, some more points to make on this specific point. Mm-hmm. But that is a perfect example of the seeding of principle, and then that opens the Pandora's box, and it just depends on uh, whatever the majority wants to do to apply. And, and I bring in the example of the S-chip veto. Uh, I have some sound that I was using on my show, and uh, it, it's uh, uh, this guy Levitt, the Secretary of Health and Human Services for the Bush administration, and uh, you know clearly an unconstitutional entity. He's coming out saying, well, the S-chip veto was good because, yeah, we want kids to be able to be covered by the federal government for their health care, but not this many kids and not mm-hmm. this expensive a program. And the problem is that in the 1990s, people like Orrin Hatch, people like Trent Foghorn Leghorn Lot, and you know the guy whose head looks like Frankenstein, just put the little plugs on his neck. They supported the Children's Health Initiative program, health insurance program in the 90s. They already gave away the farms. Right, they so, ceded the principle that government should do exactly, these things in the first place. Exactly. Now and they're just the arguing same, over the minutia of how far they should go and how fast. Precisely. And you can't go in that direction. That's why the Republican Party has basically become empty. They're just empty suits. He says, uh, Livingstone... Empty uh, this, suits with their hands in our pockets. It's right. This is the it. mayor of, uh, of London, Livingstone, agreed that Londoners feel safer because of the cameras. He's, he can speak for everyone who lives... <laughs> in London. It's amazing, these people, saying he couldn't recall a single letter of complaint. Now, do you think the, that the mayor actually reads the <laughs> do you think he letters? That I don't in? think that people um, you know, would, would even bother writing a letter. The mayor calls, yeah, right? The That's, mayor called yeah. his visit a busman's holiday. He rode the double-decker bus with Livingstone, viewed a hybrid taxi, and visited a police control room where he saw the original Ring of Steel in action. City, uh, London, City of London police bureaucrat Alex Robertson said the surveillance system to monitor every vehicle that enters a square mile financial district known as the City of London was pioneered to combat IRA terrorism. As a demonstration, he displayed a screen image of the car Bloomberg arrived in. I'm the handsome one in the back, said Bloomberg. Noting that London has a camera on every bus and subway car, Bloomberg said, and I love this one, quote, We are way behind and we really do have to catch up. Wow. Unquote. Now, do you see what I mean about uh, governments trying to compete to see who can be more tyrannical the quickest? Here's it's not the tyranny that bothers me. It's the cost. The tyranny doesn't bother you? I, I, I don't think... I'm not doing anything wrong as far as the cameras go. No, you will be. But I have to pay Give for them. it. Give them time, Mark. More on the way. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. Ian Gard. And Mark. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free. We've got a wiki there with over 1,400 pages, unique pages, created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Head over to wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com to get interactive. Perhaps you own or know somebody who, who has a company that is struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked over the arduous task of trying to collect these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiency and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Yeah. 
800-259-9231. We're going to the phones here shortly, but on the way, we'll talk more about the surveillance society, the surveillance state that is being erected around us in this country. I uh, just finished talking about how Bloomberg is jealous of London. He's the, the uh, New York City mayor. He wants to implement all of London's programs in New York City, including more cameras, more scanning, uh, more surveillance, more uh, police state. And that's to, it just goes to show that these governments are trying to one-up each other as to who can uh, install more cameras the fastest and where they can install them. I mean, he's jealous because London has them in the bus system. And they have them in every taxi cab. In every taxi and, lo- and bus in London, there is a camera monitoring your every move. You and know, we that got, makes him salivate. We had that call from Chris earlier from the U.K., and I wanted mm-hmm. to ask Chris a little bit. One of the greatest stunts that I've seen in a long time came from Captain Sensible of the Damned. He's mm-hmm. formed this thing, which is sort of a semi-political party. It's called the Blah Party. And I think you just go to blahparty.org. Mm-hmm. And when you go there, it's funny. You hear Captain Sensible's voice. He's got a megaphone. He's going, blah, blah, blah. It's hilarious. <laughs> and, of course, he's the guitar for the damned and uh really nice guy he is pretty much a socialist more towards communist but we have some commonalities and and he's a real nice guy we email each other once in a while and um and the captain started this group and the blah thing they pulled these stunts once in a while they got a laser projector down onto the thames across from uh from whitehall and from the uh, uh houses of parliament and, and the tower of big ben and so on and during the night, they had disguised it as a television production van, mm-hmm. when really it was a generator that they connected down uh, near near the uh, uh, near this bridge, and uh, and they they shot in like thirty five foot high letters at ten minutes of midnight the word blah on the side cool. of the House of Parliament in laser, <laughs> and uh, then they it's not know, vandalism it goes away no no it was, and it, and it showed it it showed you how how they can infiltrate. You know how it doesn't matter what the security things are. Sure. These guys can get in and get stuff done. Did you see this, the Australian guys at APEC? No. Oh my that? gosh! I've got to pull up that video and show it to you. The, it's, uh, it's crazy. They dressed a guy up as Osama bin Laden and snuck him into the uh, this APEC convention oh, of right. uh, leading countries full of. It I don't was remember so even brilliant. Was about. Uh, I, I meant to pull the audio for the show, but I just never got around to it. Basically, yeah. the way they did it, this APEC convention was going on, which you might have heard about. Yeah. All kinds of. World leaders, government yeah. people coming yeah. around and ma- gathering. And there were tons and of protesters a- outside. And stuff. Right. Yeah. And, of course, so therefore, there was a lot of security, right? A whole lot of security. you got all these big government people there, all in one place. going to be a lot of security. So what they did was it was just this comedy team. They have a show in, on Australian television. They, uh, they got a couple of SUVs. And they got put a couple, you know, like two or three guys or three or four guys in black suits, sort of like a CIA agent might wear or a Secret Service agent, rather, might yeah. wear. A man in, a man in black, and, essentially. Uh, right. And so they got the black SUVs, two black SUVs and four guys in black, you know, two on the front, two on the behind, sort yeah. of like a caravan so or whatever. Official. Wait for it. Here comes the punchline. Wait for it. Yeah. And so they're jogging along, you know, with the uh, with the the vehicles, and they jog up to the to the security gates, and the, you know, they just get waved right through. Well, d- oh. don't forget, oh, they have a Canadian flag on the it's front. The Canadian, the little plastic Canadian flag stuck on the front of the SUV <laughs> oh, is what man. got them through. Right, right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so it's the appearance. Doesn't that? Of, yeah. Doesn't that say to you, diplomat? Right. Oh, so it's wow. the appearance of authority is all it took to get past the authorities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they waved them right through, and they just trotted right along, and uh, you know, then they got up to the next level of security, and, yep, come on through, come on through. And they, they literally got their SUVs right in front of the hotel where President Bush was staying in. Wow. Now, 
Imagine if the SUVs had been packed full of the same sorts of explosives that took out the uh, the Oklahoma City building. Absolutely. It would have been over right then. Right. They would have been able to trigger the bombs, and it would have all been done for. Absolutely. They turned themselves around because they didn't think they would have gotten that far. Right. They turned themselves around. They were scared around, at that point. <laughs> and that's when they let the Osama bin Laden lookalike out from one of the uh, from one of the SUVs, and he started running around, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was just amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. All of the security they had, and as they were driving down, the security was looking the other direction. Of course, they yeah, weren't paying attention yeah. to their secure area, which right. had just been infl- infiltrated by a bunch of comedians. Let's, right, all the guns were facing out. Right. Oh Let's go God. to the phones. You can take control. Talk to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Excellent. Hello, Eric, Michigan, going Hello. once. Eric, hello. Eric, I guess. Hey, hey. What's on your uh, mind? If the Liberty Movement is anything like an anime convention, I want out. <laughs> Were you ever in in the first place? I consider myself a part of it. That's good to know. I, I think he does. Um, what what uh, what don't you like about anime conventions? Uh, I just can't stand anime in general, and the people who watch it are generally kind of weird, and they uh, they're very fascinated with Japanese culture, and uh, they kind of give me the creeps. <laughs> well, what is, what's yeah. your hobby, Eric? I'm a computer guy, a gamer. I shoot, I fish. I got a lot of stuff. So being a computer guy and a gamer isn't necessarily... You don't think that's as weird as being into anime? I think there's definitely some weird gamers, but I'm not certain that it attracts as weird of a crowd. All right. I'd say some of the weirdest people I've ever met have been anime fans. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Now, I'm not a oh, huge... Oh, I think that the, the weirdest go to those piercing conventions. Yeah, well, I yeah. Met a lot the, of the people that put the right. little plastic nodules in their forehead to uh, imitate, uh, yeah. you know, sprouting horns and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, Darth look like. You know. File their teeth down into into points. The cat guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you for that crap. I, I, although I do, I do have to say, you're talking to a guy who flew to England for the debut of Doctor Who when it Did came. Did you back. really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I have friends who work on the show, so uh, that's oh, part that's of it. Amazing. So. Yeah, it was That's a lot of fun. That's pretty geeky. And, and and I have to say also, there's this big emo faction of uh, of the anime stuff. And I, really? I'm not a massive anime there's fan. There's emo anime of, or emo fans. There are emo fans who are anim, uh, in the anime. And uh, um, this emo thing did did it come from? It's all the, goth. Yeah, I under yeah. It, it's no, gothish. It's not goth, gothish. Well, yeah. It's it's boys and girls yeah. pants uh, crying a lot. The yes. um. Is it from Emo Phillips or emo? no? Emo? No, it's, it's just, emotional. It's, it's emotional. I know. Yeah. Th- I know that's what the term means. But have you ever seen this Emo Phillips oh guy? My God, I think he no, was the first I, one. Oh uh, no, he. Was, I think he may have adopted the name Emo. No, different thing. Different thing. It looks. They look I, like him. Go to yeah, yeah, you should Wikipedia. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it'll give you the uh, the entomology or the the history yeah. of the the term. Oh, and I remember when I was in school, we used to call we used to call the goths death rockers, and then they turned they. It's just like you know slam dancing, and then they turned it to moshing. Like what the heck right. is moshing? It sounds like mashed potatoes. Get that out of there. We're slamming against each other in a pit. It's not a mosh pit, but now you know they've they've taken it and suborned it. But uh, it's funny because I, I met a couple guys yesterday. They get these T-shirts. I don't remember the website or anything. But there are these emo line of T-shirts, and one of them says, uh, "I wish, I wish I could, uh, I wish I, could, I wish my lawnmower were emo, because uh, I wish my Why? lawn were emo, because then it would cut itself." Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's really pretty good. good stuff. Now, Eric, did you call to talk about anime conventions, or were you? Uh... No, actually. Uh... <laughs> Mark complained the other day that I never have a question for him, and oh, okay. I think he's right. So I decided I'll have a question for all of you now, but specifically for Mark. Uh, can you get the question out? Can you tease a little? Yeah, bit? I can hang for him. Tease, tease, tease a little bit. Make people want to tune in through the commercials. You're awful. Eric, you've got yeah, a question on us. Brother wants to tease us, man. You've <laughs> got ten seconds to tease or I won't let you hold on. Well, I'm sorry, guys. I thought my phone was cutting out. I want to talk about uh, the Second Amendment firearms. As okay, great. Hang there. on, dude. 800-259-9231. Get with the program. <laughs> Three Talk Live. 
Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Updates are available. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get signed up. It's free, of course. That's updates.freetalklive.com. In fact, sent out an update today, as a matter of fact, announcing... Our two newest Shriners on the Shrine of Female Listeners. So uh, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. Let's go back to Eric in Michigan. Eric, with a question about the Second Amendment. I'm really sorry about that, guys. I don't usually call you on a cell phone. I thought it was breaking up. That's okay. Uh, Yeah, as to Mark, how far do you think the Second Amendment goes? I mean, what kind of weapons does it provide for? I mean, uh, do you think it justifies owning nuclear weapons, for instance? It's always the nuclear weapon uh, question. We've gotten that one before. First off, I'd like to say um, that it's not unusual. Every once in a while, you'll go around and you'll see some guy who has a a cannon in his front yard. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the idea of somebody owning a long-range howitzer... It, I, it, it's just a, a simple step from somebody owning a cannon. If I have a uh, you know Revolutionary War, Civil War cannon sitting in the front yard, it, it's not too dangerous. But I, it could be. Cause all I have to do is load that baby up and boom, I blow a big old hole in my neighbor's house. Mm. Um, and I suppose if you have uh, something, you know, uh, uh, one of these new howitzers, you can probably shoot a uh, you know some kind of ballistic weapon. I don't know, ten, fifteen, twenty miles. Some some extraordinary range, but I told you to keep off my crash, you dead kids. <laughs> but and and as to why anybody would want to spend any extraordinary amount of money for a piece of weaponry like this, it's beyond me. Um, usually, people want to defend their own house; they don't want to shoot a house twenty miles away. But when it comes to a howitzer, I guess a howitzer is an anti-personnel weapon. So when it comes to a, a big gun like this. It's really about it'll it'll still only hit one building and kill you know people in that building. Whereas a nuclear weapon, it it endangers everyone around for you know miles and miles. So you can't pinpoint who it is that's attacking you with that weapon. And the very possession of a nuclear weapon is a threat to everyone around. And I don't believe that uh, walking into a grocery store and waving around your gun is, uh, you know, should be legal. And I don't think that owning a nuclear weapon should be legal because so they're both both threats. Bazooka, yes. Nuclear weapon, no. Right. Got it. Eric, final up. Yeah, I tend to believe that it uh, provides for any defensive weapon because it seems pretty clear to me that it was instituted so that the people could defend the country rather than having a massive standing army all the time. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I think that any defensive weapons, obviously any small arms or explosives, for instance, because, you know, they're using those in Iraq right now for defensive purposes. Um, I don't think you could really justify a tank or a helicopter, but certainly, uh, you know, an anti-tank gun, a howitzer, what have you. Those are all fairly defensive weapons, so I see no problem with people owning those. I think that... Uh, I don't nuclear... even know a tank. I'm, I don't have a problem with a tank. I mean, think about this. What's we only a, have... We only, armored car. We only have issues with uh, with nuclear weapons because of governments. I mean, could would anybody else have ever thought of developing such an awful, destructive device except for the people that are already in, in uh, positions of power and want to ensure that they keep their power? I think that if well, it weren't for governments being around, we probably wouldn't even have such awful devices. 
I don't think Einstein was originally going for a weapon. I think he was just doing research in a nuclear fission and all that. So right, I which mean, is I why it scares me. There's these uh, there are these companies that are making robots, which many of them are very handy. Uh, we've got the Roomba here at uh, at our house, which is the one that goes around oh, and cleans yeah. your floors yeah, for that's you. Cool. But the bad news is that same company is developing uh, robots for the military. So it's like ah. You know, yeah. we, we'd already bought it, and we didn't know that, but now we know it, so now we're, we don't really want to buy anything else from them to subsidize their uh, military developments. Anyway, Eric, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, as always. 800-259-9231. Yeah, All of these things could be used for good if these damn governments weren't around. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I, I disagree with Mark. I understand his, his rationale and his thought process behind it, but as far as the First Amendment goes, uh, I should be able to wield anything I the want Second to. Amendment. Second I Amendment. mean, the Second Amendment. Yeah, sorry. The Second Amendment goes... Uh, now, I wait a minute. What about the nuclear weapon? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I should be able to use a nuclear weapon if I want. No, I this, wouldn't even go out on that list. This is why. I see the, the, the you, my friend, the free marketeer, no government guy, my, has found somebody who's more fringe than you no, are. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the reason that I don't talk about roads with people. I don't say that people should be able to have nuclear weapons. I won't talk about no government. None of that stuff. I wouldn't say that. Uh, Call people me a should, small government Republican. People can see that. I, I should be able that, to have a nuclear weapon, but the use of it becomes a little more problematic. Well, I wouldn't say that people should necessarily have easy access to them. I mean, and it wouldn't be easy. There's not right. a high demand well, for nuclear it, weapons. It would be the same easy access that people have to yachts. And the fact, the fact is, um, if someone wants to go and build a some sort of d- violent, destructive bomb in their garage, look, it doesn't matter if it's a nuclear weapon or a uh, pretty big kiloton um, bomb that, uh, you know, you still got something that's going to destroy more than your house if you set it off. And you never know what that crazy guy down the street is building in his garage, and you probably won't know until it's too late. So really all you can do is hope that uh, that the marketplace will secure uh, right. important things like uranium, uh, t- was it 236, uh, yeah. and all of the yeah. other Plutonium. isotopes yeah. that are uh, very, very dangerous and can be used in that way. Because th- that's the difficult part in building a nuclear weapon is getting those select components. From what I understand, it's relatively simple to build a nuclear weapon. It's just getting your hands on the components that's the tricky part. Oh, no? it, it's nothing like uh, mixing up a couple of things in your garage. There's all kinds of machinery involved and and, and that kind of thing. It, I wouldn't call it simple, but yes, the hardest part is coming up with the uranium. And of course, and the the motivations for people that have nuclear weapons are to uh, it's politicians that that want to protect right. themselves. It's not anything to do about you or protecting the nation. They just want to protect themselves from being destroyed. So, uh, politician A in one country has nuclear weapons at his disposal in order so that the politician B in another country, if he launches his nukes, well, this politician can launch his nukes and ensure the mutual destruction of both politicians. So, therefore, both politicians politicians don't ever touch the launch buttons because neither of them wants to lose their positions of power. They could care less about sending thousands of troops over to die in some other country. It doesn't matter to them if troops die. It's their own personal lives that they want to keep safe. So all of the motivations to even have nuclear weapons dissipate if you don't have people in gigantic positions of power that are looking to protect themselves. Yeah, the, the, the conversation is a worthwhile one with a lot of different tangents and paths to follow, little little currents to try to follow, uh, whether or not uh, an individual would have enough money to be able to procure one himself if he was you know, a mega, mega millionaire and had enough to work on. That sort of thing. Would it be? Yeah, the Doctor Evil scenario. Yeah, the Doctor <laughs> Evil. Yeah, and uh, he just wanted those sharks with freaking lasers. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's that question. Would would we even have gone down this road if governments hadn't existed? 
uh, all those types of hypotheticals. Well, and, and, uh, yeah, that hypothetical is of no use, though. Exactly. I mean, it, yeah, Precisely. That's governments true. have existed. And, and I was the, just throwing it out there yeah. as a reason why those things are around now. Yeah, but you know, the question Just does, like the reason crack is around and right. meth is around. The question, government. the question does crop up, and I say, look, anything that the government wants, I should be able to have. Because well, if, you, if you are not willing to trust individuals with it, with a nuclear weapon... And you're somehow more willing to trust the government with it. Which is nothing must, but individuals calling themselves government. Exactly. That must tell you something about what you think the nature of government is versus what you think the nature of a rational individual is. 800 It's not the rational individuals that bother me. <laughs> you better well, say the number. Oh, 1-800-259-9231. Uh, yeah, well, it's always the irrational ones that are the scary ones, and it's the, usually the ones that don't ever say anything to you before they set off their mm. bombs. You really so, have to be frightened. So here's, here's something to think about. What if, uh, what if we consider, what if we, we uh, hypothetically, we say, okay, government provides this sort of a, uh, a prophylactic, in a way, against the crazies, because the crazies in a majority-ruled nation uh, will not be able to gain the majority. So therefore, there will be this prophylactic against the crazy use of weapons, whereas in the private sphere, crazies could individually get their hands on nuclear weapons if they were allowed to do so. And therefore, uh, we really don't think that the Second Amendment should apply all the way to the to uh, nuclear weapons for an individual. Now, there is something to be said there. First of all, who's to think that if we outlaw nuclear weapons for crazies, that they're not going to get their hands on nuclear weapons. Right. Well, that's the excuse that government is using to right. crack down and destroy our freedoms. That Precisely. The excuse is that the terrorists have suitcase nukes. Exactly. They've got them already, and now we've got to keep them from, staying, from getting into the country, which, of course, the, I mean, they, they could already be here, and... They haven't blown anything up yet. Right. But nonetheless, I mean, that's their excuse for increasing tyranny. The fact that there are nuclear weapons, the fact that there can be small nuclear weapons, and the fact that these terrorism groups have access to them. I mean, you're dealing with governments. There are people inside governments that are corrupt, that have access to nuclear technologies, that if the right people grease the right palms, all of a sudden, a few detonators disappear, and you don't know where they end up. So the fact that government controls nukes doesn't make me feel safe. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free. So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk, Live's, uh, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. There are 41 categories to shop in. Huge selection of products. Everything from their original books category, which is just full of great stuff. Gardner, is your book going to be available through Amazon? Uh, yeah, in what's, fact, it will be. Yeah, which, uh, what's, it, what's it called? When's well, it going to be available? Uh, my book is going to be called Live For Your Die. And uh, Live Free or Die will be at Amazon probably in about two weeks. So uh, is there a byline on it that it's not the worst of all fates? Or something? <laughs> yes, that, close to it. Does that mean it's available for pre-order or not, not yet? Not yet, not okay. yet. Will you yeah. let us know? Yes, thanks right. a lot. And the Serenity Found is over there right now. Serenity so Found with an out. article from Gardner Yeah, Goldsman. yeah. Uh, so 
Do you write under the name Gardner Goldsmith? Because I know you have uh-huh. more of an author name as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I write under Gardner Goldsmith okay. or P. Gardner Goldsmith. P. Gardner I think Goldsmith. that one's under P. Gardner Goldsmith. That's what I thought. You're the, one of those guys that abbreviates their I'm first like name? I'm like G. Gordon Liddy without the felony convictions. How did that happen to you? My, it's a well, libertarian it's, thing. F. Paul Wilson. F. Paul Wilson, P. Gardner Goldsmith. You're right. That's what it seems like. <laughs> I, when I spoke with Paul, I was like, hey, we're both first initial guys. He's like, yeah. I was like, but you're successful. No, but anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's an old family last name. Uh, uh, Richard Gardner came over on the Mayflower. He was one of the signers of the Mayflower Compact, and he was one of my great, great, uh, like grandfathers on my on my dad's mother's side. Uh, they all came from Massachusetts, so it's sort of a traditional thing. I had an uncle named E. Gardner Goldsmith. My dad's name was Paul. Uh, my first name is actually Paul, but uh, so they they just did me first initial middle name guy, just like my uncle. More than you ever wanted. There to know. you go. So Bang. your parents actually decided that you were going to be. Yeah. So I've never been called one. my first name. I'm all, unless I get into the public schools and like you know in Spanish class, Pablo. No, did, no, it's Gardner. Did mom ever have a like a shortened name like Gardy? Yes, like yes, absolutely. Gardy and my girlfriend, my most recent girlfriend, whom I'm waiting to, for her to actually call me back someday, uh, <laughs> she used to call me Gardy as well. So there you go. All right, enough of that. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phone calls here and talk to Mark in Florida. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Mark, Florida, going once. I've read, I've read the uh, First Amendment, and it says they shall not pass a law against free speech. So uh, how's the FCC involved with that? The FCC. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of unconstitutional federal agencies with uh, all different (laughs) alphabet configurations for their name, and the FCC is one of them. So the answer is it's involved because it is. It's an unconstitutional agency, and there you go. There you go. And you know what's funny? There's (laughs) something analogous to that, buddy. Um, All you have to do is you look at the way the federal government claims that they own the airwaves, the radio spectrum. They claim scarcity. It's the public airwaves. So the the government doesn't even claim to own them. They're just managing them. They're our airwaves. I love that. Yeah. And um, so there's I was doing research on a new book that I've been pitching around, and it's on the history of talk radio. And uh, it's fascinating because it started with Herbert Hoover in the 1920s. And then uh, Hoover was the Secretary of Commerce, and that's when they formed the Federal Radio Commission in the 20s. And then they changed to the Federal Communications Commission when TV came around. Television could have come in five years earlier, except General Electric had such a block of radio stations. And by the way, they were working with the Nazis in Germany at the time. They made millions uh, oh that way, yeah. But um, they had such a block that they they tried to delay television for five years because they didn't want uh, radio competed against. And the, and the amazing thing is, you think about it, free speech on the air. The government claims they own the airwaves, therefore they can attenuate our speech if we want to work in the airwaves, right? It's the same that's thing. that's not what it says. Y'all are the press. <laughs> What's that? They, they, they can't do that, it says. Yeah, well, that's no exactly it. respecting... You know, right. No, no law. Right. I love the way you think. Right. I I love the way you think. And I wish more business executives thought the way you did. If you you know, if the people that were in charge of Fox and ABC and Clear Channel screw the government Citadel. I mean, there was a lawsuit, wasn't there? What's that? I say screw the FCC. Yeah, it would be great. It would be great. But there have been all sorts of rulings. And i got to tell you, the FCC is such a bad and and corrupt entity. The Roosevelt administration pulled the licenses of of station owners who had broadcast editorials against them. Then you had, of course, uh, the George Carlin thing with the seven dirty words. They've been cracking down more and more and more. And then you had the Janet Jackson thing where they imposed a half million dollars of fines against CBS. CBS just recently was ruled CBS couldn't get out of that. 
And it's unbelievable. But the thing that gets me is, think about this. It's analogous to airline pilots who want to be able to carry, or anybody on the plane who wants to be able to carry a firearm on a plane. Because the our... constitution I have is the right one. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like they haven't amended it. And I got it from the Cato Institute. I was wondering they just sent me, you know, an old one or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, you know, I was wondering about that. So I guess my only choice is to move to New Hampshire in the free state. I'm with you. Oh, yeah, I'm a, hey, great yeah. deduction. Thank mm. you for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Gardner, you, you want to make your to point? Well, I was, I was just going to say, you know, the, the funny thing about it, you guys, is that um, with the point that he brings up, this is, this is a perfect example in all these instances where the government takes over. You have a, a very clear proscription in the Second Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And yet, when you get on a plane or a pilot gets on a plane... That supposedly fundamental right, if it's a right, it can't be attenuated. Now, wait. It's, oh, they have attenuated the crap out of that exact one. Point of, point of clarification, though. It's only for the government, though. The government cannot take away that right. While um, if oh, you yeah, are someone's private property. If it was a private airline or anything like that, no which, problem. But the, airlines, but the airlines aren't in charge they have of their, their own security. Exactly. It's the government that's in charge. Exactly. So I remember I was on a plane, and I sat there, and I thought to myself, in fact, it's, it's, I wrote about it. I wrote a piece about it. And I, th- I thought, here I am sitting on a plane, and I'm thinking about the Second Amendment, and I'm thinking, you know, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed and then i'm thinking well wait if that's the case how is it a right oh yes that's right they run the airways here they run the routes they are in charge and they're in charge of the security protocols so that's that's the way they get away with all this idiocy it's just craziness you know back to the fcc and there's a few more points i want to make here on this yeah uh the fcc if you look at the history of it and, and i only have a, a very basic level history of the fcc but it's a sad one yeah. uh we know that cell phones could have been out in the uh, the 40s i believe right right uh if it weren't for the fcc getting in the way of that um the, who knows what other technologies they've put on hold or delayed by decades yeah. uh before it was actually released to the Imagine having the teeniest little cell phone in the 1980s. It could have been that way, but the FCC stepped in the way. Also, what's very interesting in the world of radio, since that's where the call started, in the world of radio, you've got a situation where the FCC hands out licenses to very, very select groups, people that can jump through the hoops and give them their, you know, their attorney's fees and the engineering studies and, and pay the application fees, which are several thousands of dollars just for the application fee. Uh, so there's very a select group of people that hold radio station licenses. Now, it worked for a little while because there wasn't this thing called the Internet out there to compete. But now there is, and it popped up out of nowhere. I mean, as far as time frame is concerned, yeah. the Internet is a relatively new phenomenon. Yeah. It popped out of nowhere, and now we've got all kinds of competing audio entities. There's iPod, you know, and all of its competitors. MP3 players that people can go out. You can get an MP3 player for 35 bucks at Circuit City that'll hold a whole bunch of songs, and you can create your own custom playlist. This is, this is slowly going to destroy the world of music radio. Now... The world of radio is fretting about this. They're freaking out. They're saying, you know, th- go to the conventions. This is what they talk about. Oh, yeah. Read the, ma- the industry magazines. This is what they're talking about. It's, oh, gosh, the, the iPod, what are we going to do? And of course, satellite radio is also sort of slowly uh, mm. sa- siphoning listeners off, though I don't know if they're going to make it because they're still in debt. I think the iPod is uh, probably really iPod's clobbered the killer. Yeah. iPod's the killer. Yeah. And uh, so the radio executives are running around like their heads, uh, they got their heads chopped off trying to figure out what to do. And the fact is... They haven't figured out yet that it's the federal government 
that is literally pre- uh, preventing them from being able to innovate in the way that's necessary to really continue ahead and keep the radio business alive. Now, I'm not saying it's going to die anytime soon, but as long as the FCC is over, just sort of overarching the entire industry, d- d- micromanaging everybody, oh, you can't get a construction permit for a new station until you go through the FCC's process, which takes... Who knows how long? I call radio well, stations for a living. These guys have got gotten into bed of, of their own volition, of their own accord. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about here. They don't. The, the agency they want to protect them is their poison. Is the agency yeah. that is slowly strangling them to death. And the National Association of Broadcasters is totally clueless. They're so busy opposing the merger of XM and Sirius that they have a banner up on their uh, their headquarters that says XM plus Sirius equals monopoly, which of course is a lie. Uh, you know they just. They're just idiot. They're just total idiots. And I don't mean the the, gate, the great people that are running our show. Obviously, they get it. You know, they they can see something fresh and something new, and they've added it to their stations. But the guys at the upper echelon, some of them, I mean, right, they the just ones don't that get it. truly make these that decisions. Big, I'm sorry, if, if, interest, right. yeah. One one station owner comes out and says we should get rid of the FCC. Bah, you know, that's not going to do anything. Right. But Michael Harrison of Talkers Magazines essentially said that he, but without specifically saying that, yeah, he has said the FCC needs to get needs to get out of the world of content restriction and. I'll certainly agree with that. Uh, though, really, if the industry wants to stay alive, they have to throw off the shackles and the chains of the FCC. I think it's because of the FCC that we don't have really uh, HD radio hitting hardcore so yet. Right. It could have been here a decade ago, but the FCC is dragging their feet on everything. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Would love to continue talking about how uh, radio executives seem to have Stockholm Syndrome when it comes to the FCC. Maybe we'll get a chance to continue that conversation, but the phone lines are loaded Let's go to the calls and talk to Puke in New Hampshire on the Amplifier line. Hello, Puke. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. What's on your mind? I wanted to talk about uh, the events that happened last Friday in Manchester. Oh, are uh, you referring to the federal government agents coming and investigating uh, various free staters? Yes. Okay. Um, so the day after that, we had the uh, the Manchester area porcupines meeting, and uh, I decided to make the drive over. And I don't think anyone's called in about it, so I thought I'd give a, a little update. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the one gentleman that they could not find that they were apparently looking for, whose name is Rob, um, he decided to show up to the meeting and give the uh, the investigators a call to let them know that, you know, they had put out this uh, warning that if he did not contact them within 24 hours, there'd be an arrest warrant. So he gives them a call and says. Uh, you know, I'll be here at uh, Murphy's Tap Room at 11 o'clock, and you guys can come and interview me all you want. And they say, uh, it's not a good time. We're not going to do it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did so, hear something about that. It's the Columbus Day weekend coming up, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, they, you know, it's a Saturday. So, uh, well, this guy's apparently a huge 
huge deal, but, uh, well, you know, we got the weekend off. Right, so. yeah, he was so important that they went over to the uh, Porcupine Manor, as it's called. Of course, we're talking about the Free State Project, an organization of thousands of liberty lovers all moving to New Hampshire in order to make a stand for liberty. These are nonviolent people. These are the friendliest. I mean, Gardner, you've oh, met yeah. a number of them. Oh, yeah. uh, they're the fr- some of the friendliest, nicest, uh, mo- not most nonviolent people you've ever encountered. I guess there's a chance that a Free State Project member could be a violent agitator, and that's what the feds were concerned about. They were going around interviewing free staters that live in the Manchester area asking them questions about this guy named Rob that had allegedly made some uh, some threats online. And I don't know if anybody's actually ever seen the threats or anything like that, but that's what they were looking for. It was supposedly to make sure that everyone was safe and that there, there wasn't actually a threat. So that's what supposedly they were doing. Of course, they ended up asking all kinds of intrusive questions of these free staters like, you know, why are you living here? What did you move here for? And, uh, you know, what's your right. mother's maiden name? You know, all kinds of uh, intrusive information, and they were very rude about it. They weren't very nice. They were very threatening, as you know, they're federal government agents. So yeah, they even uh, when when they uh, interviewed one of the residents who uh, who just moved here, a single mother with two children, uh, they interviewed her and both threatened and tried to bribe her to find out where Rob was at. You know, I mean, that's that's oh, the kind man. of nice people that they are. You know, Classy. right. And so then they said he needs to call us in less than 24 hours, which he did. So he did contact he did. them, yeah. and then they just said, eh. yeah. And they they promised they wouldn't make a arrest warrant. So you know, what what good is their word? So I just thought I'd uh, talk about that. I haven't heard anything since then. Uh, but uh, I'm sure information will show up eventually. You know, when they showed up on Friday at the uh, the Murphy's Chap Room looking for this guy the first time, and they started interviewing people there, including the lady you mentioned, uh, who we talked to over the weekend, I think, and you can hear that uh, if you listen to our archives. But when they showed up, there was uh, one of the free staters was there doing his Ridley report. Dave Ridley, he calls our show from yeah. time to time and gives us updates. And he's got a great little thing on YouTube. I believe it's uh, YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you look for Ridley report. Yes, Ridley report. It'll come up. It's brilliant because it's like a window into the world of the Free State Project, of the members that have moved here. It's like a window to the world of activism, and it's really exciting. Uh, it's exciting me to watch the Ridley report, and I'm already here. So I can only imagine oh, yeah, how exciting that, that how exciting that must be for somebody who's across the country thinking about moving here uh, but when they went and talked to uh, when they went to talk to these people at the tap room Ridley was there with his camera and mm-hmm. of course the tap room is sort of a free stater hangout yeah. so I don't think that the feds knew quite what to expect or at least maybe they just quite haven't figured out yet that you know we're just not this group of people that's here and there right and that, you know you could think yeah. of this tap room some dark smoky place that's very dangerous full of uh, people that you know with knives in their belts <laughs> nothing like that I mean it's just a sports bar and well, there it's are clean people with and, guns uh, they may very well be have guns, right? But so, well, that's because free staters tend to open carry uh, because it's legal here in New Hampshire. We yeah. want to exercise that right, but you know, there's a cameraman around getting their t- their faces on tape. I don't think the feds liked that one bit. I don't think they liked uh, no. dealing with the free staters. That's no, just my impression. No, they, they couldn't have expected people to just show up out of nowhere to support these people either. I, I'm sure they're not used to that. Probably not. I hope they get used to it and they they figure out that messing with uh, the Free State Project members is just going to be a waste of their time because we're just we're yep. too we're too well organized. Uh, yeah, we've got porcupine. Exactly we've it. got these different ways of communicating that can get information out almost instantaneously to other activists, so they can respond to uh, to federal yes. harassment. Look, go after the you know the tax dodgers in some other state, or go after some real criminal, somebody who's actually out threatening violence. Um, because uh, we're not the we're not the ones you're looking for. We're not the droids you're looking for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and you know Dave is doing an awesome job. I, you know you can't talk about him enough. I I showed his uh, website. On YouTube to my mother, and 
And she's like, oh, so this is what you guys are doing and everything. And and we even did a protest for Lorne at the jail there uh, that Saturday afternoon. And I think it was him with his uh, his tripod and his professional look that might have uh, encouraged WMUR, the local television station, to show up and interview us hmm, and make a report. Very cool. That was very interesting. What and, I found yeah. interesting was some of the pictures you took, and it's also in Dave's video, of uh, you guys were out in front of the jail where Lauren Canario is being held, another free stater. She was trying to drive from point A to point B, and they pulled her over and charged her with all kinds of things like uh, suspended like not license, having a license and all that right. other nonsense. You know, she, she didn't was, have a suspended license. She just had let it lapse, isn't that correct? I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, didn't she, she didn't have the papers, so they put her in a jail cell. And you guys were out there protesting, which I think is awesome. I, I mean, it's just amazing that somebody could so get arrested cool. for something like that, and there's six people at least out in front yeah. of the jail holding various different signs. Nine of us at one point. Nine? That's awesome. And you know, uh, the other thing about it is... It's always it, short notice. Too. Yeah, even even uh, with with uh, with other areas, if you have uh, you know freedom supporters, they might be so far away, but on something like that... You know, if there is a problem, people can get called in very easily, very quickly if it's a fast sort of thing. Well, we're spread all across yeah, the state, awesome. so it's yeah. not like we're all living in some enclave somewhere. Yep. And in addition, what was the most interesting part was how many people, Puke, would you say, came up to the window in the in the jail, like in the administrative area of the jail? You were facing those oh, yeah. windows. What's the total number of bureaucrats that you saw just watching you, just standing there <laughs> watching? I think at one point we could make out seven people in the window just staring at us. And they had the cameras pointing at us. You know, they had these directional cameras that they mm-hmm. could turn and they'd look at us. And then we moved to another side of the jail and you could see people peeking out. And they were just, I guess they had nothing better to do in the jail than watch. Right. No, they don't. They don't have anything better to do. And that's proof of it. The fact that seven bureaucrats had the time in their day to just stand there and watch out the window as you guys stood mm-hmm. there and did a protest just goes to show exactly how busy these bureaucrats well, are. Well, prison we guards, had, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, waiting around so they for something terrible. They weren't guarding anything. Something and we terrible. We also had uh, some, some cops in cars and uh, you know, a couple guys I saw drive by in a unmarked like civilian car in uniform Mm -hmm. you know so they were just doing nothing but keeping an eye on us because you know in america crazy people peaceably assembling you know that's so unusual that yes it is unusual and they they better get used to it because it's going to keep happening the more they arrest free state project members and other liberty lovers, because it's not just free staters that are getting active. We're also getting uh, the, the this is the coolest thing about the free state project, and we knew this was going to happen. Is that more liberty yeah. lovers come into the state, it excites the existing liberty lovers in the state, like you, Gardner. You're not a free state project awesome. member. Oh, it gets uh, you so thrilled. It's but, just great. but yeah, it really gets you going again. If you were get, if you were feeling down about the increase of government, you can start feeling good again. And so we got a lot of people on our side that aren't movers to New Hampshire. They're New Hampshire natives that are so excited about this. So it's not going to stop the crowds outside. Of the jails are just going to grow, and uh, so you know what? What I found most interesting was what, the reaction of some of the guards up there that were watching, or administrative bureaucrats. One of them gave the "up yours" sign. You know, mm. the uh, I don't know how to describe it. Again, but classic. Closed fist, straight out uh, in front of you, and then you know, hitting the other arm yes. into uh, the closed fist, basically. Uh, yep. And they were very upset by your presence, obviously. So we're already upsetting them. We're perturbing them. We're bothering them. We're uh, we're forcing them to spend their time on us. You know, yeah, it's just going to get worse, guys. Thanks for the call, yeah, We appreciate the oh, appreciate the story, man. Yeah, I mean, the government better just get used to it. You know, the more uh, you more the more you mess with Free State Project members, the more you mess with Liberty activists, the more it's going to come back on you. The more activism is going to come the way of your department and your bureaucracy and. You don't want to deal with that. You want to deal with people that are easy to push around. You want to go after the, you know, the little guys, the guys that are going to roll right over. Oh, except we're going to come to their defense too. 
uh-oh, things are going to get really tricky for these government guys here. The more they mess with innocent people that haven't ever harmed anyone else, the more we're going to jump on their case. 800-259-9231. Now, you want to go arrest a real criminal like a murderer or a rapist, we'll cheer you on. More on yeah. the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. Vanguard. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. Live streams are there. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org as we ooh, as we continue with the phone calls and go to Jeff in St. Louis. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live with the Guard and Mark. Jeff, St. Louis, going once. Jeff in St. Louis, going twice. Let's try Mario in California. Do we have Mario on the line? Mario? Hello? Is hey, this Mario. Mario? Oh, what's up? Hey, what's uh, on your I mind? I want to talk about... Uh... Uh, gun control? Sure. Hello? Yeah, go. Yeah, come on. You're on, man. Okay, um, yeah, well, I live in, like, in Richmond, right? And, like, uh, my cousin lives in North Richmond. And I don't know if you haven't noticed or anything, but it's, like, one of the most dangerous places on, like, the U.S. and whatever. Richmond in in California. Near San Francisco? California. Near San Francisco? Uh, no. Well, it's by San Francisco, though. Yeah, that's what I meant. Go ahead. And, um, basically I was talking to one of my teachers and stuff. And told him how Ron Paul is going to take out um, all the guns and bars and all that stuff. He said that would be crazy because, like, to look at North Richmond, how crazy it is now. And just imagine everybody with guns. It would be uh, madness or whatever. Well, uh, so. the, the, uh, all the restrictive gun laws in California don't prevent the gangbangers from getting their guns. So uh, did you bring that up to him? Uh, I did, but he said even so, people would still kill each other and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what's so, happening now. People are killing each other right now in right, California. And you, can't, and you can't carry a gun to prevent that from happening. Maybe you should ask your teacher why it is the uh, mass killings aren't going on in New Hampshire or Vermont or Alaska. I did, and then, um, I did, and then some of the students were saying how uh, it's kind of racist and everything, but um, he's saying how uh, people are, white people are not crazy like uh, Mexicans or black people. Yeah, I'd yeah that's, that's racist. racist. Um, yeah. Now, what you're talking about there is, is poor people, and poor people, you know, they, um, unfortunately, um, morals cost money. It's a, you know, life's a little cheaper down um, on the low end of the uh, the scale, and um, they may or may not be black or Mexican um, there in Richmond, but. I think yeah. that you'll probably have uh, in a in a culture where guns are uh, free, you'll have for, poor people shooting each other just like you do now. But um, currently, it's just illegal for somebody, a, a good law-abiding citizen, to protect themselves. Yeah, I mean the fact, you know, if, if that's where they want to bring it to is racism, then you might as well just end the uh, end the discussion at that point. Because I mean, you really racists are so close-minded and bigoted and and ignorant, it's not even worth talking to those people. But uh, th- nonetheless, there are other countries as well that you can point to. Uh, Great Britain, the United Kingdom, passing a ban on handguns after handguns were banned. Uh, home invasions went up dramatically. I mean, the, the evidence is out there, and it's solid, that guns in the hands of law-abiding people keep people safe. Um, when you take guns out of the hands of law-abiding people, then, well, only the criminals have them, and it, that's just a fact. And, you know, there are going to be a lot of people like your teacher and the people in your class in, in uh in school there in California because they've been raised to believe these things. That's what the government schools teach over there. 
Very consistently, they teach these things. I think and, government schools pretty much everywhere teach that. But right. Oh, but yeah. well, that's one of the reasons why New Hampshire is moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project is such a great solution because then you don't have to undo all the teachings there in California. You can just come here and move to a place where even the Democrats own guns and even the Democrats understand that uh, gun possession is a good idea. I mean, the Democrats and Republicans here in this state are of a completely different breed than you'll find out in California. It really is a different country, and it's it's really outrageous that we all have to be tied together by this federal government as though people in New Hampshire have much in common with the people in California. I don't think there is that much in common beyond the fact that we all speak English. So, Mario, I think people in California want to protect themselves, though. Well, I know that, but they are, they're restricted by the laws, and so therefore you can have guns, but you can't take them out of your home or something like that. Anyway, Mario, any other thoughts? Oh, uh, yeah. I want to talk about uh, taxes. Sure. Um, Ron Paul wants to get rid of taxes, right? Completely? He wants to get rid of the IRS. I think he wants to start with the IRS, but I've heard him talk about you know cutting back on other taxes as well. For, but the IRS is definitely his major target. Okay, because I was wondering about the police and all that stuff. What about them? Uh, like, if we don't have taxes, who's going to pay for the police? Well, now, local taxes are uh, are what's funding your local police force. Now, they do get some federal money, but they don't have to operate with that federal money, so the federal money can go away, and you'll still have your local police. Ron Paul, in fact, would like to get rid of uh, the federal police. He would like to get rid of the CIA and the FBI and uh, all those other alpha NSA, uh, those other agencies that are unconstitutional, and that's what your federal tax uh, taxpayer dollars are going to fund, not really your local cops. Mario, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, man. Okay. 800-259-92. 231. Always love to hear from our younger listeners that are in the government school system because very interesting some of the things that go on there that we aren't privy to because it's been a decade since I've been in high school. Mark, longer uh, and longer for you gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two decades. (laughs) And and a lot changes. It it doesn't take that long for things to get worse and things to deteriorate in the government school. So it's really important to to have allies on the inside there to tell us some of the indoctrination techniques that they're using uh, and just some of the nonsense (laughs) that goes on there indoctrination yeah. techniques that's just what they believe i mean well, you can call it whatever you want mark yep yeah 800-259-9231 let's go to bj in kentucky you're on free talk live hello bj kentucky hey guys what's up hey, hey are you on a speakerphone yes kind of well no kind of you can, sound far off and echoey if you can do anything to uh remedy that situation it would be much preferred hello all right. Well, we'll go ahead and with your point, we'll uh, we'll let you get that out. Go ahead. How's that? Much better. Yes. All right, PJ, right. hit it. Um, thanks for having me, guys. I've got two points for you. One, um, uh, where I work today, we had a training on fraud. Okay. And fraud. the uh, concept here was uh, doing the paperwork, uh, fraudulating the paperwork, so that. Uh, you're getting the funding uh, because it's a lot of it is funded through state and federal funding, and uh, saying that ha- things happened that didn't happen, uh, saying that materials were used that weren't used, et cetera, et cetera, and how that could be prosecuted, how you could get fired, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, fraud is bad. And, uh, we got that. Uh, well, but the issue that really just kind of late, you know, I just I, I gave up. I wasn't even focused in after this was. Uh, we had a handout that went along with the PowerPoint presentation, and you know that you know how they go these cheesy little uh, you know, uh, pictures with sayings under them that go with the uh, oh yeah yeah like uh, inspiration or motivation or what are some of the other ones the um, cooperation that's friendship handshake yeah. well this one going along with fraud had a picture of Benjamin Franklin on it and uh, this is something I would have not expected from him. 
Um, and I've been trying to look the exact quote up again, but I uh, can't seem to find it, but it was along the lines of, uh, it is not a good and moral man who would steal money from the government. Hmm. And, uh, How do you steal money from the government? <laughs> I... Well, because of the fraud, because oh, like filling out funded, fake welfare forms, that sort of thing. I see. Right, filling out saying, okay, we 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 did this activity, we did this, uh, we used these materials in our uh, facility, and you know, here's here's funding, you know, here's paperwork so we can get reimbursed for it. And uh, you know, a lot of that is uh, regulated and audited constantly to see if these things occurred, you know, so that money is not being given for things that didn't happen or being exaggerated. And it was, uh, we talked about something called the False Claims Act. Uh, well, I certainly, just, I certainly agree that stealing is a bad thing. Uh, of course, the government stole your money first, so... Exactly. That's what... That's what it was like. Well, wait a minute. Uh, uh, I got a couple thoughts on Franklin, I'll tell you later. We'll bring that back here in a moment. Hang on, BJ. We'll bring you back as well. 800-259-9231. We'll talk to Bill and Matt. And uh, ladies, if you call in, you come first on Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll free line. That is 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. The bulletin board system included over a quarter of a million posts. Serious issues, fun stuff, you'll find it all, all for free. bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like a corporation, living trust, will, any of these things. Um, use legal, excuse me, LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Now, we're going back to the phones here in a moment, but Gardner, you said you had a couple comments on uh, Benjamin oh, Franklin. Yeah, uh, yeah. caller brought it up. Absolutely. Um, the, the Ben Franklin thing, it's interesting because... I was when I was working on this piece on um, on uh, laissez-faire for the Mises Institute. I was, uh, it's over at the Mises Institute now. Um, I I looked up some things about Franklin, and, and it's interesting because you know that Lockean dilemma of uh, the only justified government is that government which is created to protect our property and our lives from encroachments by others. And yet, uh, what if we don't want to give the money up to the government to Form that protection service. Then it threatens your life and then your it's, property. It's a problem. Or what if they want too much? What if you don't agree that that amount is enough? Or you know whatever it might be. Uh, you know the majority is not the one to decide for you. It should be voluntary, which leads you towards the laissez-faire system of non-government and, and capitalism. And uh, it was interesting because Ben Franklin is often cited as being the one who said, "Those who will give up a measure of freedom for security didn't deserve neither freedom nor security." The internet says that's what he's what he said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the interesting thing that then moves, you know, I moved to the next thought, which is, well, uh, if that's the case, then why did he support the signing of the Constitution to give up a measure of freedom for security? Great question. See that, so that's a Were dilemma. Were they principled guys? He was a pretty principled guy, but uh, not he enough. Was sort of, no, exactly. He was sort of halfway between the Hamiltonian 
big federal government guys and the Jeffersonian, you know, close to anarchist state sort of guys. He was just sort of in between them. Glad we had him there rather than not there, I guess. Oh, but yeah. uh, nonetheless, let's yeah. continue and go back to BJ in uh, Kentucky. BJ, you had another point? Yes, I do. Um, and I want to thank you all for taking my call tonight. I appreciate it. You made the sure. call. We just took it. Not a problem. What's mm-hmm. on your mind? Well, certainly. Um, my question is, I've been listening to a lot of the uh, archived shows. I'm a new listener, and I'm trying to catch up with the show, so to speak. Okay. And just want to get your all's input on, um, you talk about how um, large companies, uh, you know, that's a debate that comes up. Large companies can become so powerful that they become like government entities. Um, and many could argue that a lot of the companies, the huge corporations that exist now are almost like their own governments, you know, because they're so large, they have manpower and resources beyond uh, fathomability. Yeah, but you can't really make that comparison. Uh, it's not well, a fair comparison well, because those companies aren't employing the use of force to do business. Right, they may be large, right. they may be overbearing, they may be ubiquitous, uh, but they, they aren't ever pointing guns at their customers. Now, the ones that use government to get their, uh, to get their way or use government to uh, pave the way to new markets like the oil companies, for instance, yeah, you could chalk them up as being certainly complicit to violence, uh, but they themselves don't actually do the dirty work. Right, certainly. I understand that, but I mean, that that's not a point I would argue, but my concern is when they get that large and you have concerns with them, and I know I know the, uh, the textbook answer is, well, don't do business with them, mm-hmm. but um, let's say, for example, you have a conflict with a huge corporation like I'm having right now over a, a product and a discrepancy, and, you know, hundreds of dollars are involved, and it ultimately becomes my word against theirs, and... You know, they're saying, you know, this did happen. I'm saying it didn't happen. You know, I'm out hundreds of dollars, and all I can do at that point is just not patronize them. And if they are as large as they are, and I've worked for a large corporation before, you know, one of the Fortune 50 companies, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and and anyone with a brain knows their uh, customer service, you know, dedication is minimal because they're happy with. uh, They're not as motivated. You know, they've, right, they've got a lot of customers. And there's easy right, reasons, right. easy explanations here. Um, number one explanation is big corporations like to partner up with big government because when they get government on their side, it helps insulate them from new competition. So um, the reason why a lot of these big companies are as big as they are is because they've been protected to an extent from competitors by the government. If they had actually had to exist in a real marketplace environment, new competitors could jump in the game at any time that uh, the people, that those individuals, those op- entrepreneurs saw the, uh, the opportunity for profit, they wouldn't have to go to the government and jump through a bunch of hoops or beg for permission in order to get into the game. And even then, even when companies get so large, there's still a chance that they uh, just sort of become too big for their britches, too bureaucratic. Clear Channel's a great example. For instance, uh, I used to work, you say you work for a big corporation, I have as well. Oh, I work yeah. for Clear Channel, oh. uh, the, uh, and you have too, Gardner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Clear Channel, it's the biggest radio station owner in the United States. They've gotten uh, a little smaller, but they're not a lot smaller. Well, the reason why they've gotten a little smaller is because they got a, a little bit too large, and they decided that they wanted to go private, and that meant they had to sell off a bunch, you know, they have to sell off a bunch of their stations, and so right now we're watching Clear Channel, that what used to be this radio behemoth, the biggest of all radio corporations, is now selling off its properties, selling them to much smaller radio companies, 
and they're downsizing, and they're not going to be public anymore. They're going to be privately owned, and I, that's going to be that's going to do a lot to change the way they do business. Um, so we're already seeing some major changes in these areas, and some with some corporations. But the more protected they are from government, the less likely they are to innovate. The less like they less right. likely they are to change or to care about their customers. Protected by government. Protected by government. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So does that address your point, PJ? I think I think what's being missed here is let's assume that they were completely private and there was no government involvement whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The mentality still develops amongst uh, consumers that you know if they have conflict with a company or feel like they've been uh, uh, mistreated as a customer that, that people are overwhelmed. Well, you know this company has billions and billions of dollars. All I can you know, at the least all I can do is yeah. not patronize them and they lose my business. But you know there's not going to be any real effect on that company. Uh, I don't know yeah, about uh, that. Yeah, I, I see, don't know. I, mean, I, I I sort of suspected that's sort of what you meant, Ian. Uh, I mean, uh, BJ, if you were if you're going in that direction, uh, which is that let's say we had hypothetically a totally laissez-faire system. Uh, you yourself and your personal experience uh, dealing with this large corporation, uh, getting little satisfaction, and also being just one guy making barely a dent in this in this uh, this uh, corporation's business. If you were to withdraw your business, uh, what you'll find is there is a threshold, uh, and I think you know it's not that capitalism is perfect, but it works best. And and there there will be a threshold beyond which the possibility of competition will be such a threat to these guys that they're going to have to reform and at least conform to what the consumers are willing to accept. And if the consumers are well, unwilling to accept a certain amount of maybe uh, mistakes or something like that for the convenience or the product that they're getting, you know, they're all things that are mixed in there, then uh, they're going to turn elsewhere. Another company will come up. So right. there is there is a certain percentage of dissatisfaction for any, any group of customers in any Obviously. market system. Uh, but the market itself provides for the greatest opportunity to rectify that. And even. there's a certain level at which that, that uh, things will change. So, yes, if you're in the service business, inevitably you're going to have customers come in, they're going to get upset at you for whatever the reason they rolled out of the bed on the wrong side, they're upset, more prone to being upset, whatever. There are certain customers you just have to let go and understand that, well, we can't make everybody happy. But if there's a certain num- but if that number starts getting larger and larger of customers that you're making unhappy, and uh, then you're going to encounter problems because word of mouth is a very, po- very powerful motivator and also something that can motivate people to stay away from a business. So not only can you uh, tell the business that, hey, you did something wrong to me here and I don't appreciate the way you did business, you can also tell your friends. You can also tell your family members. You can also tell your neighbors. You can also point it, uh, post it online. Nowadays, a consumer has far more power and far more uh, of the ability to share his viewpoints with others than ever in the past. You can go on, uh, there are consumer websites out there that allow you to log complaints about bad business interactions with businesses. So you can go and, you know, type up Walmart Mart or type up, you know, whoever it is, and get a whole list of laundry list of uh, things that have been done. And of course, then the more egregious the offense, the more likely it is that news media is going to want to cover it. And once once news media steps into the picture, then corporations get really nervous, and then they really start changing behavior. I mean, whoever would have thought McDonald's would be selling salads? I mean, the fact is, they these corporations, even the big ones, they do respond to consumer demand. BJ, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. 800-259-9231 may be enough time for your call. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. Vanguard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live and look good in the process... Go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. All kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts and hoodies. I was uh, I wore my hoodie over here today. It was a little yeah. cool on my riding my bicycle and uh, decided I'll wear my hoodie. It's a nice product, isn't it? Kept you warm, didn't it? Yep, right across right. the back, Free Talk Live. And uh, the logo is lo- yeah, the logo's on the front too, yep. so it's uh, dual sided. We did not cheap out on these products, okay? So uh, again, go to store.freetalklive.com. I think you'll like what we're offering and. Don't forget to get yourself a free bumper sticker while you're at You don't even have to place an order to get a free bumper sticker. It's just free. Send a self-addressed, uh, self-addressed stamped envelope, and it shall be yours to adorn the backside of your vehicle or bike or laptop case. I like the people. I, I put mine on my laptop, so whenever you flip it open, free it's talk right live there. right there. Nice. Right. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Bill in New Hampshire. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Bill, New Hampshire, going once. Hey, Ian Mark hey. and LG Grande. Hey, hey, hey Bill. I'm uh, What's on your yeah, mind? I heard you guys talking about uh, nuclear devices before, and I'll call them devices, not weapons, because okay. they are really tools. Um, and I was just sort of wondering, you know, if we're going to uh, sort of make our society progress to where we have, you know, less and smaller government, um, What's going to happen when, you know, very large corporations are going to want to start getting deep into the earth and using nuclear devices for mining? I mean, hmm. who's going to take control of that? I, interesting I don't postulate. know. What do you think, Bill? Right, so, uh, you know, some, somebody's going to have to, you know, be a, uh, going out there and, and doing, you know, pure, you know, good scientific research with uh, nuclear isotopes and things like that, and they're going to have to have breeder reactors and all those other things that are, you know, going to produce all the things that, you know, we've been, you know, accustomed to in, you know, our, our civilization. You know, there's a lot of medical applications and things like that. Um, you know, are, are we going to have some, you know, town aldermen in, you know, the town where the factory exists to do all this stuff, you know, hire some dumb schmuck to go in there and do uh, an inspection where, you know, there, there's people who are, are, you know, Ph.D. and above nuclear physicists, you know, doing things that they can't possibly understand. I mean, you know, <laughs> how are they going to tell whether or not you've got too much, you know, nuclear stuff for what you need or not enough or the way you're storing it's dangerous, you know, aren't, aren't you know, these people are going to be the best ones to decide. Right. All the history of, of nuclear problems like uh, Chernobyl and that sort of thing really didn't have a lot to do with, uh, I mean, was Chernobyl privately run? I doubt it. That was probably the Russian government that was running that. No, absolutely that. not. Yeah. Uh, Russia and, and Ukraine. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the, there have been more developments in the marketplace that have made nuclear technology far safer than it ever was in the past. It's just the U.S. government is standing in the way saying, well, you can't build these nuclear power reactors and you can't do anything with nuclear or this or that. So I think that uh, I think that if you just leave it in the hands of the people in search of profit, they'd be, uh, I, I think they'd be careful. Of course, everybody's going to, all the corporation haters are going to say, what are you talking about? They'll kill anybody if it means they can make a profit. But I don't know. I mean, Mattel. Um, we just talked about corporations. Mattel's probably taken a big, a big hit in sales ever since the allegation came out about the the lead paint. And they had the opportunity to blame it on China. Just keep their mouth shut. And they 
they issued an apology to right. to the uh, the manufacturer and all that kind of stuff. I they took the blame, and I mean that was just lead paint. Imagine yeah. if uh, if a company got involved in something dangerous with nuclear weapons and they weren't taking the proper precautions, that would be the end of them. No, it would be, be like the end. Britney Spears disc. It wouldn't you know? be perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but um, no, we I mean, still I, have I a court think system. Is, and I think a lot of the people that were complaining before about you know these corporations where you can't do anything except you know buying uh, stop buying their product. I mean, you know, you, you brought up the thing where, where you're going to have feedback from people. I'm sure there's probably going to be third party arbitrators who are going to you know do things. I'm sure you can probably do something where you sign a contract with the large corporation. Um, but, I mean, everybody's thinking that, you know, just because you're going to buy a product from a large corporation that it's going to be a risk-free transaction, and nothing could be farther from the truth. I mean, you know, if you, you go out and you buy a bunch of lumber and you build a product for yourself, is it going to be perfect? No, it's only going to be as good as you think it's going to be. Absolutely. You know, there's plenty of cheap tools and stuff out there, you know, that, yeah. that, that people you know, buy just because they're throwaway tools. They're not going to last forever. Consumers um, still have to, you know, buyer beware, caveat emptor. I mean, as Gardner pointed out, the marketplace isn't perfect, but it is the damn best thing. And it thing. never will be because people are never perfect. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and really, the more precaution you take, the better your purchase is going to be. And that's what you need people to understand is that while the marketplace does have some things in place that are going to bring up the average level of a purchase in that you can sort of expect to get a decent product at a decent price because... Because of competition, you're still kind of foolish to not go and do the research yourself and to not check out the products you're purchasing before you buy them because you won't get the best deal unless you do that. Right. When we say that the um, the market isn't perfect, at the very least, companies are motivated to try to do their best. The government is unmotivated. Um, they they don't have the uh, the same sort of uh, uh, signals from nope. the marketplace not that, at all that uh, companies do. The government doesn't they're even have a fraction of a, a fraction of it. I mean, the government responds to market signals even a, a just only partial market signals once every two to four years, and it's only again for a short amount of time and only a, a certain segment of the marketplace that they're responding to. Only those that take the right. time to say something to if the government. Ma- if Mattel had some s- small problem come up again that hit the news like uh, this lead painted, likely they'd go out of business if another small thing happened within the next year. If the government made two mistakes like that, absolutely nothing but they'd raise our taxes. You absol- The government's going to be in place. Nothing's going to make it go away unless shy of a, an armed revolution. They won't even fire their people at the government. I mean, at these corporations, they'll ax the people that made the mistakes or made the bad decisions. If, uh, if the government lets them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Great points. Bill, any other thoughts? <laughs> Uh, that's about it. You're Thanks, busy dude. tonight. Thanks. Thanks, dude. 800-259-9231. Is, is corporations the, the best answer? No. I mean, corporations on their own are government creations. Uh, cor- the corporation is a concept that government created, right. that lawyers created, in order to insulate the corporate owners from any sort of liability. So if we didn't have government around, then we wouldn't have corporations by default. What we'd have is businesses run by individuals. And you better believe that... Who if are far indi- more responsible right, for their own actions. If right. an individual is going to be able to be held responsible for the actions of the people at his business, he's going to be very, very cautious about doing something that could potentially harm others. And again, the ar- Bill mentioned third-party arbitration of that sort of thing. People can be in the marketplace can be really held responsible for uh, for malfeasance. Whereas today, you know, if you've got the right government connections as a corporate entity, you're almost untouchable. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to the amp line and talk to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live, Matt. Ian, Mark, and Gardner. Good evening. Hey, hey what's on your mind? 
Uh, I wanted to go over a little bit on the morphology of the word emo. Okay, emo <laughs> as in emotional, this sort of uh, sad, depressing sort of uh, music and culture that's out there. What about it? Yeah, yeah, my son happens to call himself an emo. Anyway, um... Does, he wear, went, does he wear girls, I, girls' jeans? Yes, he does. Okay. <laughs> when I went to uh, high school some 30 years ago, uh, this guy, Emo Phillips, was actually in my high school. Oh, wow. Really? But okay. his name is not Emo. His name was, I don't know what his, what his real name was. He got the name Emo because there, uh, the high school I went to had two campuses, a North Campus and a South Campus. And we split them up into the, the South Campus had freshmen and uh, sophomores, and the North Campus had juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm. And there was a small building by the North Campus, which we called the West Campus, where we sent uh, children that uh, weren't able to learn as quickly as others. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we called those kids emos. Why? That's what. It, well, because it was kind of mean. And uh, really, I mean, the reason why, to be perfectly honest, was because they were emos. <laughs> uh, so, so sort of the were, noise that they made because they're retarded. Because of how they spoke and acted, and because they were retarded. Okay. And and we were mean kids. That's what kids do. Oh, kids, I'm yeah. sorry. We're all past that now, okay, but. You know, sure. That's that's where I was a mean kid and, too, and and Mr. Phillips was known as an emo, and he took that to heart, and he used it as a stage name, that's and funny. he his comedy is actually what he's like. If you watch him on on stage, it's not really an act. That's what he's like. Um, wow. So you know, and it's it's very funny. He he became a very very funny. Uh, Person. You learn something new every wow. night here on Free Talk Live. Matt, thanks that's, for the story. We appreciate wild. it. Let's go. In the meantime, uh, if you're remaining well, that's your lock in Montana listening on KGEZ. Lock, you got about 20, 30 seconds. What's on your mind, sir? Lock in Montana. KGEZ. Okay. Uh, I guess lock's gone. Well, then, 800-259-9231. That so, was very interesting. So he was as quirky emo as he uh, is today. That's pretty wild. And I did look on Wikipedia, and apparently emo Phillips has nothing to do with the emo movement. From what okay. I can tell. There you go. Now we know a little bit more about this emo thing. 800, uh, we're done. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it uh, it has been Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. We shall return, or at least Mark and I, uh, tomorrow night. You can yeah. join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to join Gardner on his show Thanks. every afternoon from 1 to 4 o'clock. You can get it at libertyconspiracy.com. See you tomorrow. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.